five, four, three, two, one. Bazinga. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Now Showing Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Sam Houston. I'm joined once again by our wonderful co-host, Lewis. Today, we're doing a fairly late retrospective on the Oscar nominations. So we're going to be talking about the surprise nominations, such as Christian Stewart and Spencer, uh, the slightly more expected nominations, such as The Power of the Dog getting 12 nominations on the day, and where we think they've gone right, where they've gone wrong, what we're surprised about, what we're not surprised about, maybe a little bit of talk of who we think should win but we're going to leave that mainly to our predictions video later on we're just going to have a general overview of the oscar nominations now we if you listen to our last podcast on eyes of tammy faye and such we did mention how we recorded this podcast in full uh last week we did a full like two hour episode on it or an hour and a half episode but it was lost to the ether there was technical problems so I'm very cool but we've had a nice week to go back look at, look at the films I've watched a few of the films I didn't watch in time last time have a little bit of time for the dust to settle for us to think so we can come back here and talk about the nomination so how are you doing today Lewis I'm good thank you I'm excited to properly get into the Oscar nominations again because this has been probably the most cursed episode of the podcast ever so let's hope nothing goes wrong Kirsten, of course, because we've been trying to record this for the last, like, six days. and uh, Not, not only did it get lost, time. it's been rescheduled about five times. Yeah, exactly. I was in Austria, then this happened and this happened, and Valentine's Day came up and all that, and I had to move to different cities and all this stuff. You might notice that my audio is not as good as usual. That's because I'm not recording on a podcast microphone as I usually do. I'm recording on a laptop because I'm currently in transit. I'm in... Uh, I'm currently stopping over in uh, Ely, so I am uh, not able to record on my computer. Um, so it was Valentine's Day yesterday from when we were recording, um, and so I obviously came out a few days after that. But um, in, in lieu of Valentine's Day, uh, do you have a favourite romance film of all time? Off the top of my head, no, I can't think of one. There are a few. I was, because I put a tweet out for the podcast... Um, and I had to look at some for that, and a few that popped up were Portrait of a Lady on Fire. All gay. They were all gay. You tweeted four, and they're all gay. I did. I thought I would subvert expectations. You know, let... I think you should have mixed up hold... at least one in there because hold... I don't think there's enough straight representation, personally. Hold... I thought let's hold a, a middle finger up to heteronormativity <laughs> and have four gay romance films. If anything, the world is lacking straight representation. <laughs> Definitely. There's a lack of straight men in the media. Mm. <laughs> so any, any what, what comes to mind when you talk about I, best romance films? Best romance films, there are a lot. Casablanca was one that came up when I was looking at ones for the pod, and that was that's a good one. Um, but a lot of them are... I don't even know, because there are so many, but a, a classic one that I love is uh, The Watermelon Woman, when we were doing the our top five genre films ages ago. Uh, that showed up yeah. in my favourite romance films. Um, and that's one that I tweeted out on the podcast account as well. Um, but a few others, I thought, you know, La La Land is a great romance film. I I love La La Land. Yeah. Unconventional romance film. It is very unconventional romance film. Um, and there are just so, so many. I also, I love kind of like silly rom-coms. 
So just kind of yeah, any yeah, yeah. rom-com, like from the early 2000s rom-coms, they're all great. I love them. I love um, Last Christmas. I saw that at this Christmas. Oh, yeah. Um, and that was a rom-com. That was definitely a very good one. Yeah. What is what is your yeah, favourite romance film? It's easier for myself. Huh? What is your favourite romance film, if you had to pick one? What? It's easy for me because my favourite film is a romance film. Oh, so, yes, that's true. Obviously, the the initial idea would be Baby Teeth, right? Which is, again, another unconventional romance and often an unreciprocated romance through the film. But it yeah. is a romance film, of course. So that's easy. But yeah, there's so many that are great. You know, um, I, I like a lot of, I mean, I'm, I guess my favorite romances come in films that aren't necessarily traditional romances. So I don't know, things like Queen and Slim, for example, which obviously has a lot to say first, but ultimately is a story of a romance as well. I think Queen and Slim was definitely one of them I'd consider my favorite. Um, there are lands up there, Call Me By Your Name. I love Call Me By Your Name. Um, and, and one that, um, that you that we talked about on the podcast before a rom-com uh fever pitch which is great because it has all the com uh, mm. and none of the rom um and also <laughs> a lot of arsenal i guess fever pitch as well but uh yeah um so yeah nice some, some romance films love is in the proverbial air yeah um so without any without any further ado let's talk about the oscar nominations now I say that, but I'm going to talk about Oscar nominations, but I'm also going to talk about a few films. So to start off, I'll list out the, the Best Picture nominations because that's the big award. The if Best Picture nominations were Belfast, Coda, Don't Look Up, Drive My Car, which is interesting. We'll get back to that in the future. June, King Richard, Licorice Pizza, Nightmare Alley, which was a surprise. The Power of the Dog and West Side Story. Um, so those are the big ones. No Tick Tick Boom, uh, No House of Gucci. Um, is there any others that, that they missed that the missed that were thought? Um, off the top of my head, I can't think of any, but there are bound to be some. Yeah, I'm sure there is a couple that that I uh, being the Ricardos, I could have seen that ended up there. Mm. Um, at one point, we expected Spencer. Yeah, but, the Lost Daughter's not yeah, there either. Lost Daughter, Tragedy Macbeth. Yeah, um, didn't get nominated. Um, and we'll get back to, to the, the big surprises, which the big one there is don't, is Drive My Car, which we're both over the moon to see yeah. in Best Picture. But I'll start off by, by talking about a few of the films that I saw. Now, we're not doing a traditional what we watched this week, but I am going to do it anyway, basically, because I watched four films that are in and around the Oscars nominations conversation. So I'll start off with Coda. Now, we didn't do an episode on Coda. Obviously, we didn't do an episode on any of these, because otherwise I would talk to it then. What didn't the episode on Coda? Now, what were your feelings, kind of briefly, on Coda? I think it's it's quite good. Yeah, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say that it's my top ten of the year. I wouldn't nominate it for Best Picture, um, but it's a really sweet, charming film, um, and I did love it. I loved it a lot. The performances were great, um, but I don't know whether I think it would be a Best Picture nominee for me. Um, but yeah, I liked it. Yeah, I, I believe it got... Did it get two or three nominations? I think it, it got, got three. Adapted screenplay, supporting actor and picture. Yes, that's right. It got three. So I watched this for the first time. Um, kind of, I had, I had put it off for a while, but I got around to watching it uh, the other day. Um, and if you're unaware, it's a film about Coda, which is Child of Deaf Adults. Um, and it's this girl played by Amelia Jones who uh, has to kind of uh, decide between helping her deaf family with with their fishing or whether she goes for her own 
kind of uh, love of singing, which is of course kind of semi-ironic because they can't hear. Um, so I came into it with kind of loftier expectations. Obviously, we're talking about Best Picture nominee here. We're talking about something that they've got a, a screenplay norm and an acting norm. So it's obviously pretty high. And I really thought it was okay, to be honest. I really did not love Coda. I thought, I really don't really see what separates it from, you know, the Hallmark movies, they call them in America, or I think of them as like Channel 4 uh, or Channel 5 at 4 o'clock. Just kind of generic, romancy, cheaply made. I mean, it didn't really feel, it felt like, like Apple had made one of those. It was like a, quite a basic kind of lovey plot. And I, I, I don't really see why it's being talked about this much, to be honest. It really didn't hit for me. Okay, it was a bit cutesy, um, but it was over cheesy. Troy Kotzer, who was the acting nomination, a supporting actor, I thought he was good. I, I can see that, especially year when they're, there hasn't been an awful lot of supporting acting performances that I would expect the Academy to love. There are a few that I could there's 10 I love more myself, but I can understand why they wouldn't. I think he was the, one of the best performances there. So I'm not particularly annoyed at that. But I just don't really see it as, as one of his best films of the year. It didn't really do it for me, to be honest. Um, so I wasn't big on Coda. Then I went into Being the Ricardos, which has got nominations in Best Supporting Actor, Best Actor, and Best Actress. Right? Nothing else? Is that right? I don't think so. I think that's what it's got, yeah. Yeah. Um, and this one, much like this and Don't Look Up, are the two villains of the award season, it seems. Everybody's annoyed that they're getting nominations. Everyone's annoyed that they're probably going to win things. Um, it seems to be kind of a thing that, oh, the Oscars loves it. It's a little bit in the same, it's being treated in a similar way to um, the other Aaron Sorkin film, um, The Trial of Chicago 7 was last year, I think, the way that it's seen. Uh, and the same way that things like that Joker were seen or all the Green Book or stuff. Um, now, I think the being, being the Ricardos was very enjoyable. I really liked it. I think I'll get through to my thoughts on the performances, specifically how much I, I rate them when we're talking about our actor and actress conversations in a minute. But I thought it was a really insane picture, to be honest. Um, I, I, I thought it was way, you could tell that he's a screenwriter. I think it was way better written. Uh, then Charles Go Seven, and I think the, his his writing pedigree, you know, obviously one of the best film writers of, of the last few decades, really came through. I thought the direction was a lot better uh, since his last product. Uh, I thought the acting form the, the acting forms was very very interesting. Okay, it wasn't perfect. Some of the narrative decisions, the way that the past and the present are thrown together, I thought were a little bit over the top. I didn't think we needed the the kind of uh, real life monologues, uh, but generally I thought it was really entertaining. The acting was great, and it was a subject I knew nothing about. I have no idea. I've never seen an episode of I Love Lucy, uh, but I thought it was really, really well done. I was a big fan, of course. Uh, we'll get to the nomination, which was a bit of a surprise uh, in a bit. Um, but yeah, what were your general thoughts? If you want to give a very brief thoughts on, you know, um, I kind of agree with you. I think it was r- quite good. It was definitely better than Trial of Chicago Seven, um, and the performances are good as well. I just I think there are better ones, and I'm surprised that it's getting this. Well, I'm not surprised because it makes perfect sense. It's Aaron Sorkin, Nicole Kidman, and everyone. But um, I'm like, I, to me, it doesn't deserve this level of love. It's just kind of a film that I'd watch if I didn't have anything else to do. It's not for me. It's just not one of the best, and the performances aren't some of the best of the year. But it was decent, and it was better than Try the Chicago Seven, definitely. 
yeah i watched the last the lost daughter today um so you talked about the lost daughter how when you saw it you felt like you understood its technical merit uh you appreciate the performances but ultimately you felt unconnected to the plot uh, yeah because you felt as someone that hadn't gone through motherhood you know that you, you didn't necessarily understand all the nuance of it is that a fair statement yeah that's a fair statement for me i mean there are other people who aren't mothers who will connect with it but for me it just i didn't click with it but as you say i can appreciate it it was very similar your thoughts on the last daughter and my thoughts on marriage story yeah right yeah so i my my point was you know i understand love i've been through love but i've never been through marriage i've never been through divorce i've never understood like kind of the having a child the, the kind of the the more um kind of the details that are emphasized within that film have not occurred in my life the same can be said for the lost daughter now you love marriage story and didn't love the lost daughter i didn't yes. love the marriage story but i loved the lost daughter it worked <laughs> for me on almost every level i really really love it it's, it's kind of probably just a little kind of level below june drive my car spencer those top belfast those top top films of the award season those are a little bit higher but it's up there it's probably higher than the ones that are a little bit lower like king king richard or something or or boo and ricardo's it's really up there for me it's one of my favorites of the year uh i thought it was excellently acted uh by coleman and buckley and dakota johnson all of which we'll talk about in a minute um and I thought the script was great. I thought, the, the fact, this is Maggie Gyllenhaal's feature-length directorial debut is is insane. It's insane. Yeah, that's what I thought. I thought the pacing was perfect. I thought it was just a really, really well-written, really emotional story with a really interesting and conflicted character. Um, mm. So, yeah, great. I really loved it. And the last one I talk about is the one I watched the earliest, which was Wilds in Austria, actually. Um, is a film that was completely shunted out, completely... Um, I'm not represented at the Oscars, completely snubbed in in everything or whatever. Uh, I mean, snubbed implies, you know, I think it should be there. But you know what I mean? It's not really included in the Oscars. And that is um, Rebecca Hall's Passing, mm. um, starring Ruth Negger and uh, Tessa Thompson. Well, actually, the other way around. And um, Andre Holland. Um, so this is a film, if you've not seen it, it's in black and white. It's on Netflix. Uh, it's about uh, a, a black woman in New York in the 20s who comes across another black woman played by Ruth Negger. I think it's the 20s. Played by Ruth Negger. Tessa Thompson's the woman that she comes across. Another woman, Ruth Negger, who is black, but is passing as a white woman in a relationship with a man. She has kids. She's married, but she's been pretending she's white um, for so that she can get with this man and have a, a you know, a, a more, what she sees, you know, a better life um, than she would have otherwise. But she obviously, well, through this film, you know, she shows that she has a lot of regret for it and is trying to kind of find herself back um, in amongst her kind of original community. Um, and this is also, I believe this is Rebecca Hall's directorial debut too, right? Yes, yeah. Yeah, Rebecca Hall, obviously, actress uh, that's been in, in loads of things that was in the White House earlier in the year. Now, I uh, am quite sad to see this not get any uh, mentions of the Oscars because this was one that was a lot of people thought it would. A lot of people thought Passing was going to get Oscar nominations, especially in supporting actress. Yeah, for Ruth Negger, and I thought passing was really, really good. I thought the cinematography was great. I thought the performances were standout. I think that the the, the writing was, was wonderful, and it's so emotional, uh, and it really takes you on a roller coaster. And these uh, two really well worked, really defined characters, and seeing them face off uh, and interact in 
positive sense and interact, you know, butt heads in a negative sense, to see Tessa Thompson and Ruth Negger, who are putting these both stellar performances with a stellar script that really gives them their own defined character. I just thought it was a wonderful character study. Um, and I'm really sad to see it not get represented, to be honest. I think it's definitely one of the ones, along with things like The Green Knight, that I was so sad to not see. The difference, well, obviously, at the time, I'm now sad to not see. The difference is, compared to things like The Green Knight or Tatan or The French Dispatch, I actually thought the passing might get some nominations. Um, so, yeah, that's my thoughts on that. I, I, what, what was your thoughts on passing? Yeah, I completely agree. Um, similarly to The Lost Daughter, though, I didn't really fully connect with it as much, but I preferred passing to The Lost Daughter. Um, it is technically so impeccable. The cinematography is some of the best cinematography I've seen this year. How it's not been dominated for cinematography is baffling to me. It's absolutely gorgeous. And both of the performances, but particularly Ruth Negger, I, I mean, I, I don't see how she isn't nominated. I don't see how you can think she's not one of the best five supporting actresses of the year. She's just fantastic. Um, I am devastated that it's yeah. not got anything. It's uh, it's it's ultimately very surprising. Yeah. Uh, and we'll talk about that by going. Let's go straight into sporting, shall we? We're going to start in an unconventional space because we're talking about sporting actress. Let's start off with supporting actress. The, the category that we think both think the Ruth Negger deserved. Now, this year, I want to be honest, compar- especially comparative to previous years, I don't truly feel passionate about any supporting performance this year that's been nominated. I kind of feel the same way, um, but I would kind of give the edge to some of them, but I'm not very passionate. Yeah. I mean, there are definitely things I think okay, he should win, okay, she should, she should win, but never, like, it's not like last year when I had Kaluuya, who I was like, oh my god, that's the best performance yeah. of the year. Yeah, I agree. Um, he's better than, a, the, I mean, I thought that Chadwick Boseman was just so good, you know, and anyone listening to the podcast, you know, last, you know, from last year knows that how much I, uh, I thought that, that Boseman was great, but to, to have that performance in the same conversation as, as Kaluuya, you know, I, I was so happy to see him get it, and I didn't think that Yanya Jung deserved it. Now, not in a rude way, because I think she was excellent. I I preferred other performances. I I, um, I, I particularly, you know, thought that that uh, they got Cl- Coleman and Amanda Seyfried uh, were slightly stronger. Mm. But I still felt passionately about them, and I could have wanted to argue that corner, especially with Seyfried. Um, this year, I mean, I really don't care. <laughs> not like, I don't, you know what I mean? Like, I I don't really feel that passionately. No, so I, I, I do actress. agree. Yeah. yeah. But I think so. Um, I was very surprised to see Jesse Buckley here. That yeah, was so I was just going to go through the nominations first. Oh, right, yeah, you can go through the nominations, yeah. Yeah, so Ariana DeBose got nominated for West Side Story, which was very much expected. Yeah. She's definitely the front runner for the Oscar. Um, Ingenue Ellis for King Richard, quite expected as well. Mm-hmm. Kirsten Dunst, dog, decently well expected. Um, Jesse Buckley for The Lost Daughter was a big surprise. And Judy Dench for Belfast was also a really big surprise. So talk to me about that category. That is, I mean, the big surprises are Jesse Buckley and Judy Dench, but mostly the biggest surprise is Judy Dench. The the fact that one of two supporting female performances in Belfast is here, and it's Judy Dench and not Katrina Balfe. I mean, before the nominations came out, if you ask me, and I think if you asked a lot of people who's going to win Best Supporting Actress, a lot of people would have said, it's between Ariana DeBose and Katrina Balfe. And Katrina Balfe isn't even here. 
But it's not like they didn't like Belfast because Judy Dench is here. So it's just baffling that Katrina Balfe isn't here. It's you know, it's not even shock that Judy Dench is here. It's shock that Katrina Balfe isn't. Um, so yeah, that's the biggest shock for me. And and Jesse Buckley as well. I didn't expect Jesse Buckley. Um, as I said, I didn't just connect with the lost lost daughter particularly, but I I also just think that she she wasn't really there enough for me to think she deserves a supporting actress nomination. I think there are others who could have gotten it more, like Katrina Balfe. Um, and Judy Dench is great in Belfast, particularly in that scene on the bus, which is probably the scene that got this nomination. Um, but yes. I'm just shocked that she is here and Katrina Balfe isn't. Ariana DeBose, clear frontrunner, probably going to win. Um, and then you've got yes. Ingenue Ellis, who's fantastic in King Richard. Um, and then mm. Kirsten Dunst, who's fantastic in Power of the Dog. Those three were very expected. Um, happy that they're there. And yeah, the only thing that I can see happening that could surprise people is Kirsten Dunst getting nom- winning instead of Ariana DeBose. Because Power of the Dog was very, yeah. very, very loved by the Oscars. It got uh, 12, 12 nominations. nominations, which is unbelievable. Yeah. Four nominations across four acting categories. Yeah, which is yeah shock. So they could... Yes, one in each, by the way. Yeah. Anyone that's unaware, two in supporting actor. But, yes, loved. Very much loved. Very loved. I, I still think Aaron... Aaron DeBose will win. I, I do agree. I'm just throwing out alternatives to Spice Yes, up. of course. That's the only contender, I'd say. Yeah. There's also an outside shot for Anjanellis, to be fair, but I don't think Dench or Buckley will win it. Um, yeah. So I am really happy about the Jesse Buckley nom- nomination, actually. I watched Last Daughter knowing that Jesse Buckley had been nominated and looking mm. out for it. And I was surprised, kind of halfway through, I thought, wait a second, Jesse Buckley's nominated, not Dakota Johnson. Because I was like, I kind of been watching it thinking that, that she'd been nominated. And I was like, wait a second. Oh, no, it's no, Jesse Buckley got nominated. And as I watched the film more and more, I understood that. I, I think that's a good decision. I think that that because, so if someone's I've not seen The Last Daughter, uh, Jesse Buckley plays the young version of Olivia Coleman's main character in Flashbacks. So I don't know if we can check the stat. I don't imagine has anyone ever been nominated? Two actors, two actors been nominated for the same role in the same year in the same film before. I Probably think, not. I think it did happen. I can't remember. Was was Robert De Niro and Marlon Brando nominated for The Godfather in the same year? I'm not sure. Oh, do they play the same character? Yeah, Robert De Niro plays the young Vito I've never Corio. Seen the Godfather. All <laughs> oh, right. <gasps> Shot car. Plot twist. <laughs> Robert De Niro plays the young Michael Colleone. Is it, no, not Michael Colleone. Um, what's his face? I just said his name. I can't remember his name now. But anyway, he plays Brand- the young Marlon Brando. Um, and I can't remember if they got nominated in the same year for part two. Vito. Right, okay. Um, but yeah, two both get nominated. Uh, I, I think actually, because it's in flashbacks, you almost discard the performance more. But I think actually, on terms of acting, she has to do a lot, and I really think it's a great nomination. I'm surprised to see it, but I'm really happy. Okay, I would have much rather had Ruth Negger there, and I. But I think if you're going to make anyone the enemy of that uh, of that category, it should be Judy Dench, who, whilst being good in Belfast, and look, it probably makes more sense for me to talk about this because I was. I mean, I'm, I'm Belfast's biggest fan, right? I love Belfast. Yeah, um, more than. But me. there's no Judy Dench having a nomination. If if you know Judy, Dench, if it got nominated, that I'd be way less angry. If Dench and Balfe got nominated, like that would be fine, yeah, I guess. That's what I mean. Like, I mean, it's, I, it's I, worse I would have that Balfe isn't Dench here. Doesn't deserve it over Neger or or even Dakota Johnson. Um, 
but to see her over Balf, I mean, it's shocking, really. It's it's funny that it supporting actors and supporting actresses often have maybe twenty minutes less screen time than an actor, a lead. You know, maybe the same amount of screen time as a lead, but you can get a nomination on one scene in supporting, but you can't on in actor, and it doesn't really make yeah. sense why because. There's still often similar screen time. I mean, as I said, you know, Anthony Hopkins is one best actor for 12 minutes, right? Yeah. So it's about your role in the film. J.K. Simmons, who we're going to come to in a second, well, we'll come to now, surely, will go across the, the gender gap to, to supporting actor. Kieran Hines for Belfast, Troy Kotzer for Coda, Jesse Plemons for The Power of the Dog, Cody Smith-McPhee for The Power of the Dog, and most surprisingly, J.K. Simmons for being the Ricardos. <laughs> Um, it feels like that's off a single scene or two scenes, you know, a few little monologues that he yeah. gives to to Nicole Kidman's character. Whereas you you put some someone take Jamie Dornan, right, who was also in Belfast, also could have been nominated, didn't get nominated. You take his performance, that is similar screen time to anyone in that film, right? He has probably about a little bit less than Jude Hill, way more than Dench way more than you know the same as maybe slightly less than Balf, more than Heinz, right he has quite a lot of screen time and over the course of the film he is incredibly strong but he doesn't have a go home tell your parents moment like maybe jk simmons does right but that doesn't mean that he was worse i mean i think it's a strange it's a very strange we'll talk about the, the category in general but jk simmons really for being the ricardo i know I mean, it's I, baffling I like being the Ricardo's getting three Strange, acting nominations is... I mean, two no of them were expected, but J.K. Simmons was a side swipe. One of them was expected. One of them was expected. One wasn't that big a deal. You know, would we have guessed that Javier Bardem was getting nominated? No, I wouldn't say so. I think so. I think Bardem was expected. It wasn't a lock like Kidman, but I think it was expected. Yes, but yeah. Um, he was whereas... like probably the seventh favourite to be nominated. I don't though, think so, than, no. You, because he got nominated at I, I think if you looked on actual odds, I think he had less than, than Leonardo DiCaprio or uh, or Peter Dinklage did. Well, that's that's baffling to me because I would have put Bardem above those two in my predictions. Um, mm-hmm. But either way, we're still not supporting. And J.K. Simmons was a complete sideswipe. He wasn't even on my radar. He wasn't like, oh yeah, J.K. Simmons. I was like, what the fuck? Because this was a v- very relatively clear-cut category. Kieran Hines, expected. Troy Kotzer, expected. Cody Smith-McPhee, expected. Jesse Plemons was a bit of a surprise, but not a complete sideswipe. J.K. Simmons came out of completely nowhere. But it, it's this, you know, we were talking about how beloved Power of the Dog is. They nominated Jesse Plemons for Power of the Dog. Like, I loved Power of the Dog, but Jesse Plemons? He didn't do anything, really. There are so many other performances that could have been here other than Jesse Plemons. But they loved yeah, Power of the Dog so much that they nominated it twice in Supporting Actor, which is completely I'll crazy. I'll tell you some of the performances that didn't get in there. Jesse Plemons and J.K. Simmons didn't... Uh, yes, it's good It's good that you've got these to hand because I have forgotten like who who I thought was snubbed. This is a few of mine. Vincent Linden. Yeah, obviously, of course, yeah. Masaki Okada for Drive My Car. Yeah. Jeffrey Wright for... Um, the French Dispatch, Coleman Domingo for Zola, Sean Harris and Tim Spool for Spencer, Jamie Dornan for Belfast, Ben Affleck for The Tender Bar and for The Last Duel, Adam Driver for The Last Duel, 
Forrest Whitaker for respect, which is a very underrated performance, by the way. Mm. And Bradley Cooper for Licorice Pizza. That's it. That's the one. Bradley Cooper from Licorice Pizza not being here was a surprise. Now, if you're now if you're going off what I said, you're talking about a body of work. Then obviously you can't put in Bradley Cooper. But if the mindset is one scene can make you get nominated, i.e., J.K. Simmons, then Bradley Cooper absolutely steals the show in the two yeah. scenes he's in, in I mean, Licorice Pizza. He he doesn't have much to do. But he is fantastic, and I think he is worthy yeah. of a nomination, much more than J.K. Simmons, and even more than Jesse Plemons. Um, yeah. So I yeah, agree. this is a Definitely. it's a, a strange, surprising category for me. But who who do you think is going to win this? I think Cody Smith McPhee is going to win. I um, I agree. It with looks that. like some of the places they love the power of the dog. I'll be very surprised if, if he didn't win. I agree. But although. I do have a, a sneaking, like, well, it's actually, maybe you wouldn't find this as good as I would, because I think Troy Kotzer is incredible in Coda, but there is a very small possibility that Plemons and Smith McPhee split the vote, and someone else wins. Now, I don't know, because why would someone watch Power of the Dog if Plemons is better than Smith McPhee? I don't know, but think about it, you know, Jesse Plemons, he's going to vote for himself. He's, you know, he's going to vote for himself. Kirsten Dunst is going to vote for him because he's her fiance. A lot of the Power of the Dog crew <laughs> are going to split. It's going to split the vote, I think, and I don't think it'll Jesse split Plemons the vote enough. Get one vote and it's from his bird. <laughs> I don't think it will split the vote enough to change the winner, but I think it's a possibility that could happen, um, and I think Troy Kotzer could win. But I do think it will be Cody Smith McPhee. Oh, by the way, I'd like to say that I just referred to Academy nominated actress Kirsten Dunst as Jesse Plemons' bird. Yeah. Uh, you do that a lot. MJ. Um, that is one of, of my was one of my pet peeves about you. I I hate how you call people birds, women birds. It's just birds and blokes, brother. It's just how I I just I just that is one of my pet peeves. <laughs> Jesse Plemons. Who? What was the other one that you said a while ago? Oh, that was it. You described Adele Hannell as the bird from Deerskin, <laughs> and I was like, Jesus Christ! <laughs> so you just you just don't get these London things. Evidently, yeah. Anyway, talking of birds, um, it's a very ro- is the Oscars is quite romantic this year because if you look across the supporting actress and supporting actor category, you've got yeah. Kieran Hines and Judy Dench nominated. They were both playing. As partners in the film, oh, that's lovely. You've got Jesse Plemons and Kirsten Dunst, both being nominated, who were partners in the film and are partners in real life. Yeah. Um, and also uh, in the lead categories, you have Javier Bardem and Penelope Cruz, both getting nominated, playing each who uh, sorry who are different films, but are in real life they are married. And for lastly, Troy Kotzer has been nominated for supporting actor. Um, and I believe that the only uh, other completely deaf Oscar nominee was the his wife in Coda, right? I think that's true. I believe that's true. Um, so there's a lot of love in the air. And of course, you know, um, a bit of representation as well, because this is the second year in a row that someone playing a deaf character... Uh, has been nominated for Best Supporting Actor. Of course, uh, Paul Ritchie, who got nominated for uh, Sound of Metal, um, is, can uh, hear in life, but he has grown up as a coder. Um, he's from a deaf family. 
and Troy Kurtzer, of course, is is completely deaf. So, you know, nice bit of representation there. Whilst there's a nice bit of representation there, the Oscars in, <laughs> in action categories hasn't got too much representation otherwise is it's been very white, uh, really, to be honest. It's pretty damn white uh, acting nominations overall. Yeah, generally. Especially in supporting actor, which is which is all white. Um, yeah. And actress. Is actress all white as well? And actress is all white. Yeah. Exactly. Actor is, um, actor is the most diverse. Actor is the most diverse, of course. Um, is that a nice yeah. segue to, into yeah. actor? Cool. Talking about that said diversity, the five nominations for Best Actor are Javier Bardem for Being the Ricardos, Benedict Cumberbatch for The Power of the Dog, Andrew Garfield for Tick, Tick, Boom, Will Smith for King Richard, and Denzel Washington for The Tragedy of Macbeth. Yes. So, this is a harder category to call, um, I think, personally. Than what? But... Than 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 the other than either the, the actress or either the sporting nomination categories. I guess I think it's uh, there's I more disagree. locks. I think sporting actress, not not actress actually, but for sporting actor, I think it's more of a lock for Cody Smith and Fee. Yeah, I agree. Sporting actress is more of a lock for Ariana DeBose. Yeah, but in Best Actor, you've got a few people that could win it. I think. I think it's a two horse race. Yeah, I, I said on the the first time we recorded this, it was a little bit like last year's Oscars in the way that. It was a two-horse race, which was last year was um, Anthony Hopkins and Chabot Bozeman. This year is Benedict Cumberbatch and Will Smith. Then there is a third place that everybody understands is a third place. It has a tiny, tiny chance, but is definitely the third one, which was last year was uh, Riz Ahmed, and this year is Andrew Garfield, in my opinion. And you've got two other people that are nominated as well, which were... Um, Gary Oldman and Stephen Young, and now filled by Denzel Washington and Javier Bardem. Now, arguably, Denzel Washington has a far better chance of winning it than, than either uh, Stephen Young or Oldman did. But I still feel ultimately it's a two-horse race with a tiny chance of Garfield. I, I, I think it's a two-horse race with a tiny chance of Garfield or Washington. I think it's kind of those two are th- tied for third place, and then Bardem isn't winning. Um. But yeah, it's between Cumberbatch and Will Smith. And at this point, I'd lean towards Cumberbatch because the Will Smith hype train has kind of ground to a halt. He hasn't been doing any press that I've seen. Um, it King Richard wasn't unbelievably loved. Power of the Dog was unbelievably loved. But the Oscars do love a narrative. And Will Smith is very overdue on Oscar. They did like King Richard a lot. It got editing. Did it get screenplay? Um, but it got editing, it got picture, yes. it got supporting actress, screenplay. So they did love King Richard, so I think Will Smith might win, but they loved Power of the Dog even more, so it's genuinely, I can't call it between Cumberbatch or Will Smith, but I think there's a sm- I don't think Garfield will win, only because Tick Tick Boom didn't get nominated for picture. Um, yeah. I th- and I also think, similarly to last year, with Riz Ahmed, he's young, he's got a lot of performances in him, they can give him an Oscar in 10 years for another film, um, he doesn't have to win one now. I hate that thinking though. I agree as well. I, it's awful that they do I... that, but they do do that. Um, so yeah, I don't think Garfield will win. Oscars. If, I think at that point, if, um, what was that film? If The Revenant was just a two hour video of Leonardo DiCaprio doing <laughs> a dump, he would have won Best Actor because they felt like he was overdue. You know, I hate that stuff. Yeah, I agree. Um, but that's how they work, unfortunately. That, 
ultimately, yeah, Oscar politics will be talked about more throughout the episode, I'm sure. But it is a sad reality. Um, yeah, I mean, personally, I think that that again, a much like a much same as the sport. I don't feel that passionately uh, about yeah. one over the other. Um, I don't really. I th- I don't. I'd go so far as to I say that I don't really care about this category. Like whoever wins, as long as it's not Javier Bardem. Who prob- who will almost certainly won't win anyway. Cool. I, I personally I want Denzel Washington to win. But if Will Smith wins, cool, he deserves it, he's great. If Cumberbatch wins, cool, he deserves it, he's great. If Garfield wins, cool, he deserves it, he's great. If Washington wins, cool, he deserves it, he's great. I'm not that bothered. Yeah. I mean, I, I think ultimately I th- think my favourite performance is Garfield's. I don't think it'll win. Um I think it's quite hard to Come back to Smith, you know. I felt a lot of people say kind of stupid shit about you know. Oh, Ben, the comeback had to had to work so hard for the role. He had to learn how to whistle and shit. <laughs> Gave like himself that gives him an extra right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it gives him a right to win it. Um, but I, I think it's really hard between those two performances. I think I maybe would say that comeback was better, but it's very hard to decide. When yeah. I first saw Harry Bardem nominated, I was surprised. And what I'd seen of being the Ricardos seemed to be a bit of a, a kind of a Nicole Kidman show. And I was like, oh, I'm surprised that he got nominated, especially in, in lead. Mm. But watching it back, I actually don't have a problem with the nominations first. I think Havard Lem is very good in that film. Okay, do I think he's going to win it? No. Do I think he deserves to win it? No. Do I think he's the fifth best of those five? Yes. But him getting nominated over other strong stadium performances, I don't really have a problem with. I think that he is very good. Uh, and who are some of the definitely others? Definitely a lead role. Me. I haven't got a list. All right, I thought like you had I a did list with up. the others. Never mind then. I don't have a list up. <laughs> um, but I mean, for myself, for example, well, I'll tell you one that I definitely would have said. I would have said. Um, I would have said Dev Patel. You know, yeah. who was absolutely excellent in the Green Knight, uh, and is probably my favourite leading performance over all of them. Um, I thought we just get some others up. Uh, Oh fuck! I didn't realize that. Um, that's okay. Oh uh, well, <laughs> we recorded this last time. It was straight after the Oscars uh, awards days hadn't updated, so you could still look at the other nominations. <laughs> um, but yeah, other ones included Leonardo DiCaprio in um, in Don't Look Up, uh, Peter Dinklage in Serrano, Nicolas Cage in Pig. Those are ones that I remember that were yeah. particularly talked about at the time. Um, those those are ones that they did. I don't really have a problem with by them. I think it definitely is a co-lead role. He does a lot of hard work in that. Uh, so I don't really feel too annoyed about it, to be honest. Um, but ultimately, yeah, it's it's a diff- it's it's a difficult one to call. Yeah. So last acting category before we go into the rest and we talk about drive my car, which we will do next. Let's start off. So I I'm obviously know the answer to this question. We've already done this podcast, and I would have known it before we recorded last time. But what made you happiest at the Oscars nominations this year? Two things made me happy about this. Well, actually, three things. Uh, but mostly it was two things. As they were reading out the names, they said Jessica Chastain, The Eyes of Tammy Faye, Olivia Coleman, The Lost Daughter. And then they said Penelope Cruz, Parallel Mothers, which I was incredibly happy with that because I thought Penelope Cruz is fantastic in Parallel Mothers. I think she is my second favourite performance of the year. Potentially tied. I can't, I love Chastain's performance more, because I just love Tammy Faye. 
but Cruz is much better. She's fantastic in Parallel Mothers. And then they said Nicole Kidman, and my mind clicked that it was alphabetical, and they skipped over G, which means they skipped over Gaga. Gaga wasn't nominated. Which I was very happy yeah. with, because I do not think she deserved a nomination at all. I don't think she deserves the critical praise she's getting for this for, for this role. I don't think House of Gucci deserves any of the praise it's getting, apart from makeup. So I was very happy with that. But if I, then I was thinking, who is going to be there? Because Stuart wasn't going to get nominated. You know, It was going to be a surprise if she was here. Um, and Cruz presumably took Stuart's spot as they were reading them out. So I was thinking Penelope Cruz, Gaga, Kidman. That's it. Cruz has taken Stewart's pot spot. But then Kristen Stewart was nominated. And it's perfect. Yes. It's absolutely perfect. If you swap out Nicole Kidman for Tessa Thompson, this is one of the strongest Best Actress lineups we've had. And even with Nicole Kidman, this is one of the strongest we've had. Because she isn't bad in being the Ricardo. She's great in being the Ricardos. And the other four are so, so good. This is fantastic. And obviously you and I both agree and we both know Kristen Stewart's the best she deserves to win. She's our favourite. That's who we're rooting for. But Kristen yes. Stewart aside, this is an incredible category. It's so good. And much like last year, we were talking about being very kind of disinterested in best actor. And similarly with supporting actress and actor this year, I, I'm, I'm invested in the best actress race. I cannot yes. wait to see who wins. You know, there everyone yeah. has a chance at this point. Every single one could win this. Nicole Kidman is the front runner at the minute, based on the fact that she won the Golden Globe. Um, and something that's confusing about this is none of these five are nominated for the BAFTA, and BAFTA are incredibly good at predicting Oscars. They more often than not, everyone else will pick someone else. BAFTA will go out on a limb, and BAFTA, the BAFTA winner, will win the Oscar. Last year, they got all of the acting categories right. This year, none of these Oscar nominees are at the BAFTAs. None of them. Which is completely insane, completely wild. Yeah. Of course, we knew Joanna Stanley wasn't being nominated, of course. Yeah, obviously. But this five, but... anyone could win. Chastain could win, and I'd be, you know, great. There's a narrative, you know, we're talking about narratives. Chastain is overdue an Oscar. She's been nominated a few times. She's great in Tammy Faye. They could give her the Oscar for this. Coleman already has an Oscar. She's great in The Lost Daughter. Um, they could give her another one because she's so beloved and so great. Penelope Cruz, she could win for Parallel Mothers, getting her second Oscar. Nicole Kidman is the frontrunner. Stewart, it's her first Oscar. Who's going to win? I have no idea. At this point, I would say it's between Kristen Stewart and Jessica Chastain because... Chastain is overdue in quotes an Oscar. She's great in Tammy Faye. Stewart is not overdue an Oscar. She's never been nominated. But she's so good in Spencer, maybe they'll give it to her anyway. But she's not nominated at SAG, which is a damning statistic. But stats are meant to be broken. So who knows who's going to win this category? This is wide open and yeah. I can't wait. What are your thoughts on this category? Yeah. I mean, it, it was the it was the happiest I felt. I celebrated the Christian Stewart nomination like a ninety yeah. first minute. We were on the Discord call together, was... and we just started cheering with joy when she was nominated, screaming. JL was happy, but notably less happy than us two. Yeah, who he doesn't love Christian Stewart's president. performance anywhere near as much as we do. 
No, he thinks Jodie Comer was better. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone looking point at JL. Um, and Gaga, I think. You think I think you preferred Gaga to Stuart. Now, that's ludicrous, of course, because, as we previously said, Kristen Stewart is not only the best uh, actress performance. She's the best acting performance this year. She's the best acting performance of quite a long time, in our opinion. I genuinely think I feel more passionately about Kristen Stewart's performance than arguably pretty much any performance ever. I mean, it's one mm-hmm. of my favourites. Spencer is already one of our favourite films. I mean, it's our favourite film of the year. I think it's the best film of the year. Uh, it's already one of our favourite films ever. And I think it has so many great moving parts. There, it's The supporting performances are great. The, the screenplay is great. The directing deserved the nomination. The cinematography is beautiful. The costumes are wonderful. It's all so good. But it's even though you've got everything, everything is to five star, it gets drowned out and suffocated by the fact that you have one of the most notably strong performances ever. I mean, it's emotional and it's heartbreaking and it's so intelligent. And for someone that spent their whole life being torn apart because of how much of a bad actress she apparently is, to see Kristen Stewart perform to such an exceedingly high level. I mean, just bafflingly good. And any Oscars lineup without her would have seemed pathetic. It would have made the Oscars a laughing stock to me. Yeah. To see her nominated, it shouldn't be a relief. It really should have been a given. But yeah. to see her there, it was just wonderful because to have something that, you know, you think, well, at least the Oscars can watch films. At least they can understand them and better <laughs> than the BAFTAs and better than SAG. They can recognise the best acting performance in an acting category. So so fair play. But every performance other than that, I, I really feel positive about. And when I say things like, I think maybe Cruz is the, my least favourite of the five, it's my least favourite out of the five that were all fucking excellent. Right? Yeah. Like, it, it, yeah. there's no weakness here. Now, some great, some very good names missed as well. Tessa Thompson, of course, you already mentioned passing. Um, oh, uh, Lana Haim, Licorice Pizza. A lot of yes, I forgot about here. Lana Haim, yeah. Agatha Roussel. Uh, sorry. Yeah, Agatha Roussel. Um, Jennifer Hudson, in respect, mm. which was a, quite a surprise in a lot of ways, really. It seems quite an Oscar performance. Um, I, I think it's, there's probably a few others that I, I had on top of my head. That, that uh, Thomas and McKenzie, you know, obviously she wasn't nominated, but, you know, there's another Jodie Comer, um, yeah. all of which nominated. Rachel Zegler, who, who got in, at, uh, in the Golden Globes, uh, didn't get nominated. So obviously quite a few uh, big performances as well that didn't make it. But I ultimately don't feel that annoyed because even though I think, okay, Alana Heim probably deserves to be in here. Mate, Tess Thompson deserves to be in here. Jessica Hudson, Jennifer Hudson does. Is there anyone I want to kick out for that for those nominations? I mean, it'd be definitely very hard, to be honest. Um, after watching The Lost Daughter, it's probably my second favourite. You know, uh, I, I think Olivia Coleman's performance is just excellent. Uh, I think she's just, I mean, she's always great. So the fact that it's so, so nice to to be a British fan of that kind of comedy, to see her come up through that Mitchell and Webb look and Peep Show into her possible second Oscar. Yeah. I mean, it's great to, it's to, crazy, to watch, really, it? in real time. It is crazy. And when I watch that Mitchell and Webb now and see her doing fucking silly sketches and fucking, <laughs> you know, um, fairies that are paedophiles, you know, it's like, how she ended up now getting nominated for <laughs> for two Oscars, well, winning one, and three Oscars, another. and she got nominated last year, of course. Yeah, in in supporting actress. Yeah, it's a lot like the best award, as you said, the best award last year um, was best actress as well. Viola Davis, Andrew Day, 
Vanessa Kirby and Carrie Mulligan losing out to Francis McDormand in Nomadland. Mm. I thought Carrie Mulligan was the best performance that, that, that year. Unfortunately, it didn't come through. Please, if there is a God, give Christian Stewart this win. Because yeah. it, it, otherwise, we will look back in history and laugh at how such a strong performance could have been snubbed. Yeah. Uh, but overall, I'm really happy with the performances. I thought Kim was great. I really thought she was great. So Plenary Cruise, even though I didn't love Paranormal Mothers, Plenary Cruise is one of the strongest parts of that film, along with the supporting performance from an actress. I can't remember the name of Olivia Colman was great, and Chastain also, also very, very good. Uh, Kidman and Chastain both having to work under a hell of a lot of prosthetic. Um, <laughs> they both <laughs> put out very strong performances. Yeah. So, yeah, Best Actress, again, very, 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 very good category. Yeah, and my, my favourite category, category of, of the year, because it's one of the most stacked categories, my most, I mean, the category I'm most invested yeah. in, and I'm very, very very excited. So, other than Spencer, what else were you particularly? What was a happy surprise for you? What was what was Ooh. the the best nomination or nominations? Shall I say of the night? What what? One more well, thing, actually, yeah. the The obvious three are Drive My Car showing up in director for Hamaguchi, screenplay and picture. I was incredibly happy yes. with that. You know, very rarely, we spoke about this when we did Drive My Car, when we reviewed Drive My Car, very rarely does an international film break out of the uh, international film categories. Um, it's kind of unfairly restricted to best international film. And with the likes of Roma and Parasite, that's changing slowly but surely. Um, you know, last year, another round was nominated for director um, this year yes. you've got Drive My Car and Worst Person in the World and Flea and Parallel Mothers, you know, four international films showing up in categories that aren't international film, uh, which is great and Drive My Car um, is one of the best nominees of the night or day or whatever um, Hamaguchi yeah. for director, we said when we reviewed it, it's one of the best directed films of, I've, I've ever seen and he completely deserved a nomination and he got one very just justifiedly justifiedly what word is that very justly all right um yeah yeah i mean that's what i was trying to segue into uh drive my car yeah it did really really well on the night um i think we all expected to get an international feature of course uh it's the front row in that category as it was before the night or before the morning i keep saying night because i'm not oscars night um but no one expected it to be nominated for uh for best uh picture really that was a massive surprise very little people thought it was going to get nominated in uh, adapted screenplay uh, and some people did definitely think it was going to get best nominated best director i heard quite a lot of people have that as their kind of out their prediction going yeah. in but it was definitely very good to see it yeah it um, was definitely when it got director it was great and then when it got screenplay i was like oh my god it's got screenplay it's going to get picture as well it's going to get director screenplay picture mm, mm, mm. and international now, film as well of course, another, one of the the things that everyone's going to think about is another international film, of course, you've already mentioned it, that we did pretty well at the Oscars a few years ago. Uh, another film from East Asia. Uh, we're, of course, talking about Parasite, which mm-hmm. started off the... So I wasn't around during that award season. I watched the Oscars, but I was unaware of the kind of stakes of it, what was the favourite. So... I'm talking about Parasite. What 
what was the feeling? Did Parasite feel like it had a chance to win Best Picture when the Oscars nominations first came out? Was it a surprise that he even got nominations? Um, semi, yeah, because I was following the Oscars, but not as much as I do now. Um, and it was a bit of a surprise, but not as much of a surprise as you'd think looking back, because everyone kind of thought it yeah. does deserve it, and it's got some precursors. It it should get there. It pr- probably will. But this is the Oscars. Maybe it won't. Um, but it was following the year that Roma was nominated for picture. Roma won cinematography, director, international film. Um, and I think it got another one. But Roma got a slew of nominations. So mm-hmm. um, Parasite getting the nominations wasn't that big of a surprise. And it was definitely in the conversation to win Best Picture before the Oscars happened. But it was as the Oscars were happening that it clicked. You know, it won director... It won international film, which was the biggest, predict, easiest prediction of the night, obviously. And it won director, and it won screenplay. And everyone, kind of the collective moment was, it's going to win Best Picture. It's 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 yeah. going to win Best Picture. It's one director, it's one screenplay, it's going to win Picture. And then it did, and it was unbelievable. Um, I can't see that yeah, happening for Drive My Car, unfortunately. Yeah, 97 was the overwhelming favourite. Because I was going to say... Um, this got, of course, Parasite got on ed- editing and production design, which it lost. Yeah. But Parasite won four Oscars, and they're the same four Oscars that Drive My Car is nominated in. Yeah. Which are international film, which of course, you know, you know, it was obviously it was going to win, but international film, which this is going to win as well. S- screenplay, director, picture. It's got nominated in those categories that Parasite won. Yeah. Do you think? is a drive my car best picture chance do you think as a chance to win the other awards as well do you think there's a chance it can pick up best director do you think there's a chance that it could do the impossible that you know i honestly have no idea i hope so and i think that there i suppose there is a possibility of it um if because drive my car's oscar campaign was virtually non-existent and it was driven almost entirely by critics um, you know, it didn't get any promo, any kind of um, push for awards that films normally get, especially if they're international films. They have to kind of hop over an, an extra hurdle. They don't just have to be good. They have to be insanely good and have a good campaign to get Oscars. So Drive My Car's uh, campaign was driven entirely by critics. So if it did have a better campaign, then this is it's definitely a possibility. I think... Uh, Nishijima would have showed up in actor, which I think is a big snub. I forgot to mention that. Nishijima for actor instead of Bardem is definitely uh, one that I'd swap out. Um, but I think there is a small chance that they could recognise this for directing for um, Hamaguchi because it is so well directed and they clearly recognize it and the director's branch of the oscars does sometimes do some weird stuff so it is a possibility but then you get again you get all these oscar politics jane campion is way overdue a best director oscar she should have won one in the 90s she's the first ever woman to be nominated twice she is gonna win it Hamaguchi Which isn't is going to win it. Which is a stat that should not be celebrated, by the way. That's yeah, a stat that should it's be a depressing shunned. The fact that stat- only, no woman has ever been nominated for Best Director twice is insane. Yeah. Should have happened this year, of course, when uh, Chloe Zhao should have been nominated for a time. <laughs> uh, uh, that was yeah. a joke, by the way. Um, 
Yes. So the the directing category was Kenneth Branagh for Belfast, uh, Rai Suke Hamaguchi for Drive My Car, as previously mentioned, Paul Thomas Anderson for Licorice Pizza, as you said, Jane Campion for Power of the Dog, and Steven Spielberg for West Side Story. Now, there is a gap there. There is a big, big rather gap. noticeable, um, which is, of course, Denis Villeneuve, who got nominated, who directed June. June got nominated for 10 things, got nominated for picture, uh, screenplay, um, costume, makeup, score, sound, production design, cinematography, editing, editing. visual effects. It got nominated for everything it could except, except director. <laughs> director. Now, do they know what directors do? I think they think <laughs> June just made itself. <laughs> yeah, like you do realize that one guy had to take all of these five star attributes and put them into a film that made sense over a two and a half hour. It's crazy. I mean, People are celebrating because Hamaguchi came in there, and people are saying, and I think you said even when we recorded this first time, I'm not that annoyed because he took Hamaguchi took uh, Villeneuve's yeah. spot. But that is it works. There are still five nomination spots. Yeah. And if you have any evidence that's true, look at Stewart and Cruz both getting nominated. Yeah. There, you definitely can take. I think you can definitely take out Spielberg. Yeah, I think you can. Him, for great. me, you can take out Branagh and Spielberg and put uh, Villeneuve in. But I, I do yeah, know I mean, in my in my head honestly, it I, is Hamaguchi's spot. Hamaguchi's number five, Villeneuve is six. The only person that I wouldn't take out, I mean, I think they're all great. I I, I think they, these are all great directorial performances. Yeah. Or I don't know if you call them performances, but whatever. Um, they're all great. But other than Hamaguchi, they're all worse than Denny. I think I Hamaguchi and Denis are very close. I think that, that those two are very close. Yeah. But I think that that June isn't the best film of the year. But you know, I know it's not. not I'm not trying to sound like Benedict Cumberbatch learning how to whistle, but <laughs> it's very, very hard to to. It, it's very hard to direct June. Yeah, it is. I think that he deserves some credit for that. He took a film that has been called so many times uh, inadaptable, unadaptable. Yeah. You can't make. One of the greatest filmmakers of all time, David Lynch, completely fell on his ass trying to adapt Dune. Um, Jodorowsky tried to do it, never happened. He's managed to make this into a film. He's managed to make this a film that was worked in every aspect, obviously, because they loved it in every yeah, aspect. They clear, that's because... the weird thing about this. No, they, it's not like Dune got VFX score production design. And they, we can just brush it off as, oh, they, the Academy just didn't really like it. It got yeah, 10 nominations. Picture. They clearly loved it. They nominated it yeah, for everything best best apart from director. It's insane. But I do yeah, I mean, I do think, I do disagree. I don't think um, Villeneuve was the best. I think Campion was better. I think Anderson was better. I think um, Hamaguchi was better. Branner and Spielberg and Villeneuve. I'd drop Branner and put Villeneuve in. Um, but I I know in my head that Villeneuve was never going to win director. Um, it just I had a Vinny. I actually. don't think it would have happened. I think Villeneuve was a guaranteed nomination, but he was kind of the first to go if anyone was going to be replaced. Branagh's a lock because Belfast is loved by everyone. Campion's a lock. Anderson's a lock because they love Licorice Pizza. He's you know 
11 nominations, never won. Spielberg loved by the Academy. So that fifth spot was going to be Villeneuve. And they he dropped out and Hamaguchi went in. So I find it difficult to say, you know, he should have been nominated. Because I, mean, I know in my head, as much as it shouldn't be like this, I know how it is. And I know in my head that Hamaguchi took his spot. And I can't be angry that Hamaguchi took his spot because Hamaguchi deserves it. I mean, I, I mean personally... I actually think that he that I would if I had an Oscar vote and I had a thing and I would I would have voted for for Villeneuve personally you know yeah but this but is again it, talking about Oscar politics it's so frustrating because I think the fact that Dune is part one hinders it and I also think I've said this several times and I'll keep saying it until it happens part one is going to sweep the technical categories part two is going to sweep up completely he'll get best director for part two. I think that's what's going to happen, and Probably. I think that's what they've done. They've kind of said, we'll give him Best Director for Part 2, we'll nominate Hamaguchi this time. I think that's what happened. Um, next year, Dune's going to sweep well, up, it's going to win, every- well, not next year, the year after, Dune's going to sweep up, it's going to win everything, and he'll get his Best Director nomination, and probably his Best Director win then. Just a few nominations that didn't make it for Director. I actually did have this write down because I did a tweet about it a few months ago, <laughs> last month. Um, David Lowry, uh, yeah. Julia DeCorno. Oh, Julia uh, DeCorno. How? Pa- Ugh. Pablo Lorraine. Um, yeah. Denis Villeneuve, of course. Guillermo del Toro. Uh, that was very posh, wasn't it? Guillermo del Toro. I know, yeah. Um, Ridley Scott, <laughs> twice. Joel Cohen. Twice. Wes Anderson. Pedro Almodovar. All didn't get nominated for their films. Yeah. So, um, and it, this is a, it's quite surprising, really. To briefly. As well. Who, sorry? Maggie Gyllenhaal. Oh yeah, Maggie Gyllenhaal. She was in the conversation to get nominated at one point, yeah. But it, it, yeah. to a weirdly a link back that we... I remember we spoke about this last time, and I think it's worth mentioning again. Spencer, massively under-nominated. Talking about Lorraine not nominated oh, for director. Completely. Massively under-nominated. We were talking about this last time when we were recorded. We came to the conclusion that it should have had seven or eight nominations cinematography yeah. was impeccable direction was impeccable mm-hmm. editing was impeccable production mm-hmm. design costumes actress um i can't remember if i said director and picture actor. it should have had eight nominations locked and it could have had supporting actor it could have had um it could have i think screenplay is the only weak link that i you know couldn't say it deserved screenplay but i could happily give it screenplay i don't care i loved it the original screenplay yeah original screenplay um it's obviously better than don't look that is true it's better than don't look up so yeah let's give it screenplay it should have had 10 nominations is but at least at least it should have had eight it's unbelievably good and it's only got one nomination it's criminal it's criminal and i I said last time (laughs) i keep talking about a podcast that doesn't (laughs) exist but Last year, I didn't have a problem because I, the best film of the year was never, ever going to get Oscar nominations. Mm. Baby Teeth, right? Best film of the year. Yeah. Right? It was never going to get an Oscar nomination because it's this obscure fucking Australian film that came out about six cinemas mm. and it wasn't put in the Academy thing. And obviously, it was never, ever in the stratosphere, right? The fact that it got a BAFTA nomination was an absolute godsend, right? Spencer is a oscar friendly film you can tell yeah. why because it got an oscar nomination yeah. so they watched right there's no excuse this is not a little indie film 
we're talking about one of the best and most accessible and most shown films of the year that every Oscar nominated. And most Oscar talked Oscar about as well. It's about, been in the conversation a lot. isn't an obscure film. This is Oscar friendly. Why is it not doing better? How did it How not get cinematography Well, Stuart was good. Yeah. What about everything happening around her? Have you noticed what the clothes that she was wearing? Yeah. Have you understood the makeup that she that she had on, the hair that she had on? The production design, the cinematography, the editing, everything she about it. She's running through blank space. There's not there's a camera following her. Have you noticed <laughs> yeah. how good it looks? It's kind of like we're right. talking about who do they think directed Dune? Do they think Kristen Stewart yeah. was just acting in a box in a vacuum alone? Yeah. Like Cuz they what? I cannot honestly, they can't they can't just say, well, it was Stewart was good and nothing else. Because I mean, ugh. how does I mean, Don't Look Up get Don't more nominations? How is Don't Look Up's editing better than Spencer's? We'll get to that. We'll get that to is that true. Yeah, <laughs> let's do that now. Let's Don't Look Up Jesus. for editing it might be the worst Oscar nomination of recent memory. Yes, it, it isn't just a bad nom. It isn't like, oh my god, I can't believe blank thing and i can't believe um king west side story didn't get nominated i can't believe power of the dog or power of the dog did but you know what i mean uh belfasting nominated for anything. yeah this isn't that we're talking about a film with notably bad horrendous editing, editing. Getting nomination horrendous editing childish editing, editing. laughable it's awful editing genuinely horrific it's yeah. genuinely horrifying they didn't and the edit fact... out a scene they the the, the, <laughs> edit, no, the editor didn't edit out a scene where you can see the fucking crew filming <laughs> it was uploaded to netflix with an editing fault in the end scene when the camera cuts back midway for a scene to the, the before the scene started randomly and then just <laughs> catches up again and it's, it's oscar not, nominated it's again, not even like bohemian rhapsody which also had noticeably bad editing don't look up's editing is not just bad; it's jarringly bad. Like I think, you know, yeah. D- Bohemian Rhapsody has the type of editing that I think most people wouldn't notice. I, like if I showed my dad yeah. Bohemian Rhapsody, I don't think he'd go, "Gosh, this is badly edited." But when we were watching Don't Look Up, I remember my dad turning to me and going, "Is it meant to be like this?" Yeah, <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, it is." <laughs> Like, it's just awful. It has noticeably bad and noticeably jarring, horrendous editing. It's absolutely shocking that this... It's absolutely shocking that this was made, let alone that this was made and people enjoyed it and then they nominated it for achievement in editing over so many yeah. impeccable films. Mm. It's it's annoying. It's a real spit in the face. And it just it, it makes it me feel of, like I could get an Oscar nomination. It kind of does speak to that thing that that sometimes best editing equals most editing. Yeah, you know, most noticeable like, editing gets the Oscar. Yeah, because then because you can it's, that film is really edited, right? Yeah. you know what I mean. You can really there's tell a lot of editing edited. in it. Yeah, and and that <laughs> and got a nomination. For it, it, it like compare this last year's editing categories w- was one of the strongest categories of the Oscars. Yeah. Charge Go Seven, you know, of a, a poor film, I mean, an underwhelming film, but the editing was strong, right? It was fine. Mm. Promising Young Woman, Nomadland, The Father, Sound of Metal had all had really editing. strong and really interesting editing. The usage of yeah. editing in the far, I mean, 
I, I, you know, the fact that the father didn't win best editing and it wasn't awful. The fact that we aren't angry yeah. that the father didn't win best editing shows how strong that character yeah. was. And even me, I love Nomadland. It. The fact that Nomadland didn't win best editing and I'm like, yep, that's cool. It goes, it's yeah. unbelievably good category for editing last year. Yeah. And this year, yeah. don't look up, even though the other four nominees are great, don't look up ruins it all. <laughs> it yeah. undermines so it completely. Are, yeah. The nominations are Dune, King Richard, The Power of the Dog, and Tick, Tick, Boom. Yeah. Now, the King King Richard, there's no, it does just feel sometimes like that editing nominations are just for the what films are good. Because I don't think that yeah. King Richard deserves best editing, does it? I, I I'd agree with that. Yeah, I don't think it does. Um, I think Power of the Dog does. Um, I think. Yeah. Did Tick Tick Boom get editing? Yeah. So what you said. Yeah. Tick Tick Boom does. I agree. Um, Dune definitely does. Don't Look Up actively doesn't. Um, King Richard. I don't think it's the best, but it's not bad. It's just kind of competently edited. It's that's the thing is it's so often editing nominations go for films that have essentially serviceable editing. Yeah. Right. Like Charles Cosen, it's just fine, and because they like the film, they've nominated, which annoys me a little bit. Yeah. Um, but I think, for me, Power Dog probably wins this because Power Dog probably wins everything. I guess Dune as well. I think Dune's going to win editing. Yeah, I mean, I, I think. But Power of the, the Dog, the could. Dune and Tick Tick Boom, Power Dog's editing is great. Power right? of the Dog has some of the best editing but, I've seen of the year, definitely for me. But for me, it's personally, I think between Dune and Tick Tick Boom because Dune. Is very much, you know, more traditional, but it's done really well, and it's such a vast story and such yeah. vast scenes, and it does it in, in like the way that Star Wars does. The editing so strong because it, it needs to do so much. So I think great, and then Tick Tick Boom, the way that the the two stories combine is done really well. Fire Nosky, I think I'd give it to Tick Tick Boom. Really? Well, that's fair actually. Yeah. I love Tick Tick Boom's editing, and thinking about it, it's very very well edited. I do think that um, Power of the Dog is exceptionally well edited, so I'd give it to Power of the Dog. Um, but yeah, I think Tick, Tick, Boom would be my second place. And then a Dune. Mm-mm. And what was the other one? King Richard. And then um, uh, Don't Look Up. Um, but for me, the two best edited films of the year are Power of the Dog and Petite Maman, so I'd give it to Power of the Dog. Um, and maybe Power of the Dog wins because of the aforementioned love that the Academy has for it, evidently. Maybe mm. it takes Dune's presumed Oscar. We're presuming Dune sweeps the technical categories. Perhaps Power of the Dog will will have something to say about that. Which Maybe. is a good segue into cinematography because a similar situation is happening yes. in cinematography. Dune, Power of the Dog. Cinematography does have a surprise nomination. Yes. Because it has the very much expected Power of the Dog, the very much expected Dune, very much expected West Side Story, Tragedy of Macbeth, and Nightmare Alley. Now, Nightmare Alley did very well at the Oscars. Yes, it did. We didn't expect it to do much at all. It got nominated for Best Cinematography. It got nominated for Best Production Design. And it got nominated for Best Picture. So did pretty well. Very um, well, yeah. we, we probably didn't expect to get anything, really. Um, best Cinematography. It got nomination. Um, the bigger mission is Belfast, which I know you didn't love. Yeah. I thought Belfast Cinematography was fucking excellent. I loved it. More so than pretty much anything here, really. Um, but I'm happy to see Nightmare Alley represented because the Mm -hmm. episode of wasn't the best part of it the production design was but it was very strong yeah I agree with that this is a great category five great looking films and I think 
any of them could win, and I'd be like, yep, deserving winner. Um, for me, I think Tragedy of Macbeth and Power of the Dog kind of tower above the others. Well, not tower above the others. They're kind of just slightly oh, above the others. Dune is so good. That's what I mean. Dune is next. Dune is unbelievably good. And I think this is a fight. I think this will be a fight to the death between Dune and Power of the Dog. Um, because Power of the Dog is one of the prettiest films. It's so well shot. But I think it's much more subtle than Dune. Dune is much. But. But what? We both love Power of the Dog. We both love the cinematography. Yeah. We both love Paradox Cinematography, sorry. I didn't really love Paradox, but I love the cinematography. Yeah. But both of us do know that this isn't the best work that Ari Regner yes, has done Yes, that this is year, true. Though, is she should be nominated for Zola. Because even though she's got a nomination and very much a deserved nomination, Paradox, this isn't her best shot film. I, w- you know, I would agree with that, yeah. What are we talking about? We're, of course, talking about Zola. Zola, which was... One of the most gorgeously think, stunning films of the year. Stunning, yeah, it's wonderful. I think, I, for me, if I was doing a cinematography category, it would be Zola, it would be June, and it would be Spencer, you know, with a couple of things in there, yeah. maybe Tragedy of F. But, Garland's again, no nomination for Spencer. <laughs> and, and Zola was never going to get a nomination, really. Yeah. But it's just, it, it's, it's just it, it's weird to see... I feel like most people who are into cinematography would like, vote on them, but probably also agree that Zola had better cinematography. I guess they just probably less people, less people saw it, I guess. Yeah. But I think it's a very strong category. Definitely agree. I, I mean, I understand West did have good cinematography. I probably wouldn't have included it here myself, though. It, what What was the last one, sorry? West Side Story. West Side Story, yeah. It's, West Side Story did have great cinematography, so I can't really deny it. Did, it but I think it's the best of the year. Do I think it's better than The Green Knight? Do no. I think it's better than... But Carl of the Cameron? ones that was realistically going to get nominated, I think it deserves deserves it to get in here. I mean, what, what what didn't get nominated? So uh, so Belfast, of course, which yeah. I think is better. Passing. What else didn't that, that could have? We spoke about Passing. passing. Um, I, I, yeah, I think there? that's better than Wester Story as well. I can't think of Licorice it. Licorice Pizza, maybe? Licorice Pizza, that didn't get nominated. What are the other things? Yeah. Halloween Kills, maybe? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, the Tan, of course, obviously, had, the had, the had tan, one yeah. of the best, some of the best in the year, but yeah. we obviously coming to this knowing that it was going to keep that. Yeah. The only thing it could have won, it wasn't shortlisted for. Which so, is... Um, which was horrific. in national film. But yeah. In national film. Sorry, what were you saying? Are we ready to move on to the national film? Well, I'll just quickly finish the cinematography by saying I think well, I've kind of already said this, but I'll say it, expand on it a little bit. I think it is between Power of the Dog and Dune, and I think Dune might win because I've you know said several times Dune is going to sweep the technical categories. But the Academy really loved Power of the Dog, so maybe they'll give it to Power of the Dog. And also, with the horrible thing that is Oscar politics, Ari Wagner is the second woman ever nominated for Best Cinematography. If they give her the Oscar, she's the first woman to ever win cinematography. That is something that the Oscars will like to be able to say, uh, to kind of get out the first, get out of the way the first woman to win the cinematography Oscar, so they can, you know, next time it happens, it won't be the first, so they can kind of get something out of the way that should have happened decades ago. Um, so mm. that's certainly a narrative that they might buy into. They might give her the Oscar. I think she deserves it as well. Um, but Dune. Greg Frazier might might take it. Who knows? 
but yes, now, international film. Yes. Crazy category now, this year. International. Yes. We talked about surprises. Now, it was a nice, it was a pleasant surprise to see Stuart nominated. Yeah. It was a very good surprise to see Drive My Car nominated. <laughs> Drive My Car, of course, the leader here. But statistically, I believe the biggest surprise of the night came in Best International Feature Film mm-hmm. as Bhutan's nomination, Lanana, A Yak in the Classroom, was nominated alongside films that have probably some of the best known, best talked, most talked about, best received uh, international foreign feature categories yeah. in some time. Um, Absolutely. Drive My Car, which of course has been nominated in a number of categories. <clears throat> Worst Person in the World also got a, a screenplay category. Flea, which also got nominated uh, for two other categories. We'll talk about it more in a minute. And The Hand of God, which only nominated here, but was on Netflix and has been received quite well, has seen a lot. Yeah, a lot um, of conversation. So to compare those with Lana, which came out, which was made in 2019, uh, they so the Bhutan selected their entry last year, but it was disqualified for some reason. It got resubmitted, and then now, boom, it's it's now out. It's pretty much no one has heard of it. Yeah. It hasn't been talked about. Uh, it doesn't seem to exist. I can't find anywhere that I can watch it. Um, but Lanana and that yeah, in classroom, um, I'm sure it's wonderful. Uh, yeah. I seen it I'm very excited to watch it because the other four nominees are great. Um, but there are some yeah, notable one of the strongest here. Yes. There are some. Which are? Namely, I would say there are three big... Well, not necessarily snubs, because all of the ones here deserve it, but Tatan not being here, um, Parallel Mothers not being here, although it wasn't submitted by Spain, which was a big mistake, because it got two other nominations. So it would have definitely got nominated. Absolutely, if they submitted Parallel Mothers, it got nominated for score and actress, it would have been a lock for international film nominee. And... Petit Maman isn't here. Now, if France submitted Petit Maman instead of Tatan, Petit Maman would be here. Perhaps Petit Maman would be winning. Um, I believe France made a similar mistake with Portrait of a Lady on Fire, Celine Sciamma's last film. I don't think they submitted that to the Oscars either. Um, And that, one of the best films of 2019, wasn't even nominated. Petit Maman, which is a stunner of of a film. Again, Celine Sciamma not even nominated. Um, I think we had a, a brief yes. discussion about this and I think it's worth bringing up as well because it's a very interesting point that I had never considered the Oscars rule that a country has to submit a film I said it's kind of stupid I think you should just pick the yes. five best international films Petit Maman and Tatan are two of the best they should both be able to get nominated but you pointed out it's good. It, potentially maybe it's a good thing because it means you're not going to get five French nominees five Italian nominees you'll get five nominees from different countries, which is good. Exactly. But at the same time, I think it's kind of awful that we're restricting international films to one per country. Because Petit Maman and Tatan, France took a risk with submitting Tatan and now isn't there at all. Yes. Petit Maman should be there and it's not. And the same thing happened yeah, with Portrait so of Lady on Fire. Last week. Yeah, the, the the thing with with the Oscars nominations in France was that France, I believe, had the point of view. If we have submit to Tan, and they all watch the Tan, if they like it, it's a big deal. It will probably win because the Tan is such a divisive film. If it gets a shortlist, it's probably get nominated and it'll probably win. 
And it'll, if it got shortlisted, um, it be, if they liked like it enough, it would have got director as well, probably. And maybe even others. Actress, yeah, exactly. supporting actor. So they made everyone watch the tan, which is funny because they made a bunch of stuffy old white men watch the tan. <laughs> but if it didn't it go well, you know, they wouldn't have had to love Petit Maman that much to nominate it for nominate if, if, to secure it for nomination. Petit Maman was the safe option, would have certainly got them an Oscar nomination, but they decided to go for the more ballsy option. And for that, you know, I can I can uh, admire France, uh, a country Absolutely. with testicles. <laughs> um, Although it does mean now that so, no country will ever submit something even remotely risky like Tatan to the Oscars again. I think France will do it again. I don't. I, I think they'll they, regret they, this they, year too much. I don't think they will. I think they're, they're proud of Tatan. And they should be, because Tatan is fucking excellent. Absolutely. Um, and it should have been. It so wasn't even shortlisted. Oh, awful. So, Flea made history um, yes, because Flea. it was nominated. It's the first film ever to be nominated for for Best International Feature Film, Best Animated Feature Film, and Best Documentary Feature Film. Now, everyone's throwing this around like some... Like, it, it's amazing. It's like the first woman getting nominated for Best Director. It's not really, is it? Like, it's a very specific set been, of categories. How many films have ever been eligible for those? People are throwing out like, this amazing statistic. Like, finally. But, gosh, it's been a long time no, coming yeah, that an animated film has been nominated for animated, international, and documentary. So it's very yeah, specific. Exactly. A foreign animated documentary, which is not a common category. Yeah. But yes, it has made that history in that. And um, I'm yet to see Flea. It's very good. But, um Yes, and I'm, I'm it should be winning documentary, and I think it should be winning international. You cannot um, say that. You've seen none of the That is true. I've seen two. I think I've seen two. Maybe I've seen three. I've seen Flea, Summer of Soul, and right. I think I've seen one of the others. But I think it should okay. be winning well, animated. You definitely haven't seen all of them. Yeah. I think it should be winning animated, though. I can say that. You prefer it to Mission of the Machines? Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm missing a few in animated. I'm missing Flea and the Mission of the Machines, the two, two of them I haven't seen. And I'm missing a few in, in national feature as well, um, such as the worst person in the world, which is the only film nominated for a screenplay or acting award that I haven't seen. So, as much as Flea has been liked by here, I think it would right now be a a slight surprise if it was to pick up best international feature film. Now, yeah. Drive My Car is of course the uh, the, the front runner. Um, that the Oscars obviously very much like worst person in the world, and they nominated for something they really didn't need to nominate. It wasn't expected for them to do, and that was original screenplay. So they obviously like it a lot more than we'd expect. So, do you think that Oscar voters may feel like Drive My Car has already received an award in the fact that it's already been understood to be so good, with it getting a best act, a uh, best picture, and best director nomination, that they feel like they don't have to reward any more? Do you think that they would make that decision and then vote for the worst person in the world? They feel like it's a, kind of an outside pick, and the Drive My Car has already received the the, the 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 praise it deserves. Or do you think that that's just overthinking, and the Drive My Car will easily win this? I think, like on the surface, yeah, I think it's overthinking. Drive My Car, obviously, whenever an international film is nominated for picture or director, it completely takes international film, obviously. Um, it's different this year, though, because Worst Person in the World has also showed up in Adapted Screenplay. It's not like Worst Person in the World only has international. Worst Person in the World also has something else. I do think Worst Person in the World winning is a very remote possibility, but not for the reasons that you suggested. I don't think that they will have the attitude of, Drive My Car's nominated for Best Picture, that's a prize in itself. 
I'm going to vote for worst person in the world. I think if worst person in the world wins, it will be because while the Academy recognizes that Drive My Car is a directing achievement, they prefer worst person in the world as a film. It's a lot more of an easy watch. It's a lot more enjoyable. You know, um, worst person in the world is kind of a rom-com, whereas Drive My Car is a a three-hour slow burn character study, you know, dealing with Chekhov and grief. It's not something that you'd watch and, you know, think, oh, I had a lot of fun watching that. Um, You know, you can, they, I feel like some of the Academy members might say, I, it's very well directed. Oh, I'll vote for director, but I preferred Worst Person in the World as a film, so I'm going to give that uh, international film. Which, you know, there is precedent there because it has a screenplay nomination. So they clearly loved Worst Person in the World. It's just... It is kind of... It's almost like it's too obvious that Drive My Car wins, but Worst Person in the World is there, creeping up, potentially taking international film i feel like it could happen and if that does happen maybe drive my car goes home empty-handed i don't know but i i don't think it will be because they think that being nominated for picture is a an award in itself i think it'll just be because worst person in the world is a more accessible more enjoyable film that they'll watch and think gosh mm. i had a great time mm. watching that mm. i'll give you know drive my car's mm. directing is better it's writing is better but i enjoyed worst person in the world more so i'll give it that Mm-hmm. Okay, um, so we've we've don't really feel like those are the main categories that we really needed to talk about. So we've got kind of free roam to just mention a few things before we go. I have we're, um, I've just remembered something that we haven't spoken about at all. We we spoke about Lady Gaga right, not getting nominated. We didn't speak well, yeah, about, that's what I was about to say. Jared Leto. That's what I was about to say. Yeah, we didn't talk about Jared Leto. That is true. <laughs> Jared Leto was definitely a thought that he could get nominated best supporting actor for House of Gucci. Uh, he got nominated at BAFTA there. Um, he didn't get nominated here. I do think that Jared Leto was good and I really enjoyed it. And I know you did enjoy it, but in a different, well, in kind of the same way, but I think it's intentional. Whereas you just think it's shit and it's just so bad. <laughs> so, so bad. It's funny. I think that it's a, it's a good comedy relief for that film. He didn't get nominated, but yet yeah, one of the biggest surprises is that we haven't talked about, we haven't said the words House of Gucci really. No. all day um one now lady Gaga, best actress jared leto didn't get nominated for the sorting actor uh really sort of enough best director it didn't get a screenplay nomination it didn't get an acting a nom- uh, picture nomination uh it didn't get a nomination in in almost it didn't get a nomination in production design costumes or, um gucci costume, a film called like gucci didn't get nominated for costumes now it did get nominated for makeup and hairstyling uh, that he got nominated with nothing else, which is a major, major surprise. Yeah. He's expected to be a big player at this year's Oscars. It has been almost completely thrown by the wayside by voters. It was not received well at all. Now, you're talking about someone, you're talking to some, well, you're hearing right now from someone that quite liked House of Gucci, does not love it as much as I did when I first watched it. I've come to feel less strongly about it. You've come to your um, But ultimately, I do think it was a good film. I do think it was a strong picture. You're also talking to someone, you're hearing from someone, um, my my northern friend over here, who <laughs> thought that House of Gucci was one of the worst films of the year. Um, but if we're both going to be equally shocked that it didn't get nominated for anything other than out making an hairstyling. What a surprise, eh? Unbelievable surprise. It got like 13 shortlist nominations for the BAFTAs. 
and one nomination for uh, at the Oscars for makeup. That is crazy. And it's crazy because it's probably going to win. It's going to get one nomination and win. It's going to do... It's this year's Suicide Squad. I was Squad. just about to say it's going to do what Suicide Squad did. One nomination, it's going to win. It's crazy. Although it could them? it could be upset by Tammy Faye. The eyes of Tammy Faye could upset and win. Now, the other nominations in that category are Coming to America, Cruella and June. As well as, of course, the eyes of Tammy Faye, which we just mentioned. I personally would love to see it go to Cruella, which I also would like to see win costume design because I think that Cruella is a very, very good picture. Yeah. Uh, and even though it's a Disney film, even though it's a remake, I think it's one of the best ones uh, that you're going to get. It's far in, uh, it's far better than the likes of Cinderella or Beauty and the Beast and such. Um, I'd like to have actually, arguably, seen it in the Best Supporting Actress is a nomination I didn't mention um, because I thought that Emma Thompson was so good. Yeah. Uh, but maybe. It's not going to happen. I think the eyes of Tammy Faye's makeup and hairstyling is poor. Uh, I'll, I'll straight up say it. I think the eyes of Tammy Faye's makeup is jokey and over the top and distracts me from the picture. I thought that Andrew Garfield's was especially bad. I also think that um, I never truly believed that the kind of puffed out cheeks that Tammy Faye has, I never really saw that as more than just a lump of fat on Jessica Chastain's face rather than her actual face. So I don't think the eyes of Tammy Faye deserves it. I do think Harasaguchi was a lot better in that regard. Uh, I think obviously it's all for Jared Leto, really. But I think that if you want to compare it, I think Jared Leto does look quite convincing. Yeah. I don't think that uh, Tammy Faye does. So for me, I would not like to see it win. Uh, maybe it will. Uh, I've not seen Coming to America, so I can't judge that. I think um, I think House of Gucci will win, but the fact that it's not nominated anywhere else makes me think that it's mad. Tammy Faye might might pick it up because I, I do agree it's not quite as well executed in Tammy Faye, the prosthetic makeup. Um, but I do still think that it's very, very good. Um, and it, I think it would be a deserving winner. I think the, the way that they slowly age the characters is done very well. And I think the wigs and the makeup, not just the prosthetic makeup, but the makeup that Tammy Faye wears is done very well. Um, and they clearly like Tammy Faye more because Chastain got a nomination. Gaga didn't. Jared Leto didn't. So maybe yes. the fact that they didn't yeah. like Jared Leto's performance under the prosthetics makes them like the prosthetics less because they liked Jessica mm. Chastain. So maybe Tammy Faye will win. Who knows? Um, but either way, I think whoever wins makeup will be deserving because I think all the nominations are good. Coming to America is very comedic. It's kind of like when Bad Jackass, Bad Grandpa got nominated for Best Hair and Makeup. Um, yeah. But it's still good. But uh, mm-hmm. who knows? Who knows what's going to happen there? Probably House of Gucci. Maybe Tommy Faye. Spider-Man No Way Home did not get a best picture nomination. <laughs> we discussed previously if we thought it would. Um, and it, I think it got me into a weird rant about the Oscars, I think, when you asked me last time. I think it did, yeah. It did not get a nomination for best um Best picture. It didn't get a nomination in any uh, of the acting categories or such, but it did get a nomination it for did. best visual effects, alongside Shang Chi, Legend of the Ten Rings, uh, No Time to Die, June, and Free Guy. <laughs> Free Guy didn't have particularly. I mean, it had decent visual effects. I mean, it looked okay, but like you're telling me that it's essentially a Matrix parody. It's yeah. like a shit Matrix, and the Matrix's VFX was far better. And that's not so. I'm I'm quite annoyed to see Free Guy there instead of the thing that it was a bad imitation of. Yeah, the Suicide Squad's not there either, which I think had great VFX. No, it's not. I'm surprised Mm. that No Way Home 
was nominated. I don't think No Way Home deserves a nomination. I think there is some actively bad CGI in No Way Home, whereas I don't think, off the top of my head, I don't think there's bad VFX in The Suicide Squad or The Matrix. I'd take No Way Home out. I'd take Free Guy out. I'd put Matrix and um, the other film that I just said, The Suicide Squad. I'd put those two in there instead. Um, Mm. But yeah. Nice to see No Time to Die represented the Oscars yes. because it got nominations in three categories. It got nominated there, as we said, visual, visual effects. It also got nominated for song, oh, and yes. it also got nominated for sound. Now, sound, I'm a little bit more surprised at. It's funny to see it alongside Belfast, June, Power of the Dog, and West Side Story, all of which are massive Oscar contenders, <laughs> and then No Time to Die in there. But um, No Time to Die, the song by Billy Eyelash, is a bop. So. I'm happy to see it there. It is. It's a great song. And it's probably going to win. That is uh, alongside some of the actually biggest surprises, uh, well, the biggest surprise of the Oscars. Um, somehow you do from the unheard of film that apparently stars Mila Kunis and apparently stars Glenn Close, uh, Four Good <laughs> Days. Um, the song is by Diane Warren, who apparently always gets almost nominations. Yeah, she has 13 uh, nominations. It, down... She's never won. That's mad. Uh, alongside that is Down to Joy uh, by Van Morrison from Belfast. Uh, Dos Ariguitas by, uh, from Encanto by in Manuel Miranda. And <laughs> Be Alive, King Richard by Beyonce. So Be, Be Alive is also a bop. Yeah. So it also wouldn't be too sad. And it's crazy, Be Alive, arguably... it's crazy how we were talking about the Oscars for Best International Film. They have to submit, each country has to submit a uh, a film. Similarly for song, every film has to submit a song. And Disney submitted the wrong song from Encanto because Bruno, we don't talk yeah. about Bruno, has taken the world by storm and it wasn't even shortlisted. <laughs> I don't even, I can't tell you what that song they nominated is. I have no idea what that sounds like. I can't remember it. Which one, the one that's nominated? Dos yeah, I can't remember either. That I think no idea. Disney are personally responsible for robbing Lin Manuel Miranda of an egot. <laughs> Thank God. I know. Thank. Maybe God. it was. Here's a conspiracy <laughs> theory. Maybe it was intentional so that he writes another musical for them that goes viral, yeah. gets them an internet hit, sensation, worldwide song, and then he'll get his egot. Yeah. Um. Jumping across to the other, I always, as I said before, I think it's weird as an original song. It should be a Grammys category, not not an Oscar category. Yeah. Why do we have Oscars voters voting for the best song? It's nothing to do with films. But if you want to have the music in films, then you talk about best original score, which also had a very similar surprise in Encanto, which also made its original score. Yeah. Some some two very obvious ones: June, The Power of the Dog, very much one that I don't really understand in Don't Look Up. And one I'm really happy to see in Parallel Mothers because I think Parallel Mothers yeah. has the best score that was realistically going to ever make it. I think Parallel Mothers has a fucking excellent I score. I agree. Because as much as I love that film, it looked great and it sounded great. Even though I didn't particularly enjoy it on a narrative point of view, it was a feast for the eyes and ears. And a more unfortunate surprise uh, in Don't Look Up, which I don't think that we, we sound like we hate Don't Look Up. Now we don't. Now we both gave it sixes and sevens. We both said that it was a overly a, a good picture we both gave it positive scores i have issues of where it was nominated i don't remember i don't look up having a notably good score so for it to be nominated here is is, yeah. a, is, is unfortunate parallel mothers is great what do you think 
Uh, I pretty much agree with everything that you said. Parallel Mother's score is fantastic. I was incredibly happy that it was nominated. Don't Look Up kind of had an inoffensive score that just existed. It didn't really do anything. Um, Dune has an epic score that's going to win, probably. And what were the other nominees? Power of the Dog uh, has a great score. Power of the Dog. Yeah, Power of the Dog has a great score. And Encanto has great has a great score. Um but yeah, don't look up being nominated now, is weird. Some similar similar to Ari Regner, Johnny Greenwood got nominated yes. for the Power of the Dog. The wrong Matches film. Ari Regner got nominated for the But it is not Johnny Greenwood's best score of the year. Johnny Greenwood, who was the, the guitarist from Radiohead, is also the writer or the producer of two other scores this he's year. had a fantastic year he's had an excellent year uh licorice pizza and um spencer now licorice pizza whilst the score is strong it isn't particularly noticeable because it's so drowned out by soundtrack yeah. music um you know david bowie and such spencer does rely on its score quite a lot much like the power dog and i'd say was better and more memorable perhaps it's because i think the film is much more memorable yeah. but i think the score for spencer is better than the power of the dog now the power of the dog score is great and it deserves its nomination but i agree i would i would go so far as to say that ari wagner deserves a double nomination power of the dog score is fantastic um but spencer's score is unbelievable and i'd give the win to spencer's score i think it's one of the best scores i've heard it's much like everything in Spencer. It's absolutely fantastic. And mm-hmm. it should be nominated and it isn't, which is wrong. But at least Ari Wagner is being nominated episode, for something. There can't be that many more times. Not Ari Wagner. Me and you Ari Wagner is the cinematographer. Yeah. I, I meant Johnny Greenwood. <laughs> there isn't many times that me and you are going to have the opportunity to wank off Spencer again. So we really should... <laughs> Take the opportunity when we can because we really like Spencer. Uh, yeah. We already did it in Spencer episode. We already did it in the um, Now Showing Awards episode. We're doing it again and we'll do it in the Oscar and alternate Oscars as well, I'm sure. Yeah, and no um, doubt we'll do it in the uh, reactions to the winners as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, well, her play to June for winning Switch School, but Spencer. Shouldn't really be yeah. in there in the first place. Well done for June for winning cinematography, um, but. <laughs> yeah. Don't Look Up did had a really good day. Uh, got nominated yeah. in editing, best original score, uh, best picture, and best original screenplay. That was a weird order for me to do it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now, again, both of us, we might, even ourselves might forget how much we did like Don't Look Up, right? So we both yeah. thought it was good, right? We both thought it was above average. We gave it sixes and sevens. Um, but the strongest part of the film certainly wasn't the editing. Yeah. Definitely wasn't the um wasn't the score either i feel like the screenplay it had its errors but you can say that the comedy comes from the screenplay so it's not as offensive in a nomination but it's surprising i don't know who i would have put in there but it's a film that i guess most centrally revolves around its acting performances so it's interesting that it got nominated in two places where i think it was actively pretty poor and none of them were i thought it was that strong i don't have a real issue with the original screenplay nomination though yeah I suppose I agree. I'm surprised that none of the performances are nominated when they clearly liked it a lot to nominate even the editing. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think the, the screenplay, there are others that I think should be there instead. 
but it's not quite, as you say, it's not quite as an offensive nomination as editing. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have a noticeably bad screenplay. You can think of the nominations for... I mean, obviously not the screenplay, because it's, it's different, but I don't know. Would it be? Is House of Gucci based on something? I was going to say, you can think of this perhaps taking the spots of House of Gucci, so maybe that will make you feel less bad. If that you is true. That don't Look Up deserves it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, don't look up, man. Um, I don't know. Is there, before we, we finish off with Best Picture, is there anything else uh, on the day that you, you were happy about? Anything else that you wanted to add? Um, I can't think of anything off the top of my head. I'm pretty sure I had something a second ago, but I've forgotten it. So maybe I'll remember it before we finish. Um, but no, I don't mm-hmm. think there is anything else. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think that pretty much wraps it up. It's obviously some strong screen pen nominations as well. Oh, yeah. But I think we'll finish it off just with a little bit of talk about Best Picture. Uh, we already talked about the ones that we're surprised about. Would you say that this is a particularly... Were you happy about the, te- the crop of 10? Uh, once again, Belfast, Coda, Don't Look Up, Dive My Car, June, King Richard, Licorice Pizza, and Armour Alley, Paradox, and West Side Story. Now, yeah. Of course, you've we've both shown disdain towards... Or not disdain, but a disliking of the nomination for Don't Look Up. But yeah, apart that, from Don't Look Up. it's a particularly yeah. strong category. Were you happy about the 10 films? Yeah, I think these are... Te- apart from Don't Look Up, I think these are some of the best films of the year. And they... I wouldn't... As much as there are films that I think deserve nominations over them... I don't think any of them are bad, apart from Don't Look Up. I'm not going to keep saying apart from Don't Look Up, but know that everything I'm about to say doesn't apply <laughs> to Don't Look Up. Um, you know, none of them are bad. None of them have taken another film's spot. Um, they just work. They're really good films. They work really well. And I'm happy with all of the nominations, to be honest. And again, apart from Don't Look Up. <laughs> yes. Licorice Pizza, one of the nominations got nominated for, for this, got nominated for director, and got nominated for screenplay. Would you say that Licorice Pizza was a film, would you say you're happy, sad, or are pretty much on point with the nomination? Do you think that you thought, was there a part of you that thought Licorice Pizza was going to be even worse, maybe misdirector? Or did you think I, that it, or did you think that it was going to do really well and you kind of hurt, or did you think it'd probably get through? I think it kind of got, take took a hit here, to be honest. I think, for me, Licorice Pizza was third place in Best Picture. I think it's Power of the Dog, Belfast, Licorice Pizza. But then the nominations happened, and I don't think that anymore. Alana Haim wasn't nominated, which is upsetting. I think she's fantastic, and she deserved a nomination. Cooper Hoffman was great as well, and I'd, I'd even say he's deserving of a nomination, but I don't think he's quite as deserving as Alana Haim. And editing, it didn't get editing, it didn't get cinematography. Um, but it did Bradley Cooper. Yeah, it didn't get Bradley Cooper. Didn't get supporting actor, but it did get picture, screenplay, and director, uh, which I think it deserves. Those three, I think it will win screenplay. I think it'll win. It will win original screenplay. Maybe Belfast will, but I think it'll go to Licorice Pizza. Um, yeah, so I am kind of sad that Alana Haim isn't nominated. She gives one of my favourite performances of the year, um, but you know. <laughs> The actress category particularly is so stacked that it's difficult to say that she deserved it over any of them, apart from, I'd I'd say she deserved it over Nicole Kidman, all the others, kind of, maybe, I I don't know. But um, I'm happy that Paul Thomas Anderson got nominated for directing and the screenplay, I think it's fantastic, I think he might win the screenplay. Um, Finally, this is his 11th nomination, um, and he's never won, and um, he might win, finally. 
Yeah. I remember we were we were okay. we were speaking briefly before the podcast about Paul Thomas Anderson and Fiona Apple. And Fiona Apple was in a relationship with Paul Thomas Anderson when Boogie Nights came out and he lost the Oscar for Best Original Screenplay. And apparently when he his reaction to losing the Oscar was he threw a chair across the room. So Right, well, it's, uh, no one's near Paul Thomas Anderson when he loses uh, during the, the best director because um, <laughs> he's not winning it. Specifically, uh, when he w- lost best original screenplay, not director or anything else, only oh, okay. only screenplay. Okay, well, so evidently, he thought he no deserved that, and he has a chance in screenplay this year. So maybe he won't be throwing a chair. It's funny because most people always talk about how much they don't care about Oscars. So it's nice that we have evidence that someone really does care. Paul Thomas um, Anderson really cares. <laughs> he threw a, a chair across the room. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess it's not, not really that surprising. I guess it means that the Ricky Pixar has less of a shot. Would you say that Power of the Dog and Belfast are the, the two major contenders? Um, if those films didn't exist tomorrow, if they both got found ineligible... If Jane Campion and um, and uh, Kenneth Branagh were were arrested and everybody now hated those films, who do you think would take it? What's the third place for you? Dune, Drive My Car. Probably. Oh, I think maybe Drive My Car or Dune. Yeah. Um, I get. I just. Oh, I, I can't imagine them giving Dune. <laughs> I think that's the two I did say. <laughs> yeah, that is true. Um, I can't imagine them giving Dune Best Picture. I really just think that they're going to wait till next year to give Dune anything above the technical categories um, or the year after, whenever part two comes Dune, out. It's, Dune, it's very much this year's Lord of the Rings, is that what you're saying? Yeah, it's going to do Lord of the Rings. It will That's win the well, technical every Oscar, categories. The last one makes it big. And yeah. then the finale of the series, the second one, will sweep. Of course, though, is isn't the, the finale. It's the series, not they're doing Messiah. So maybe Messiah will be where they sweep. Maybe, but I think part two will sweep. Um, but yeah, I think maybe drive my car Ju- would have been third mm. spot. But I do think, like you yep. say, I do think it's Power of the Dog and Belfast. And at this point, I think it's pretty safe to say Power of the Dog. Yes, because I think Power of the Dog is going to end up picking up um, adapted screenplay. I think I think uh, yeah. it's going to end up picking up best director. It may be so... the first film since The Artist to win more than four Oscars and best picture. The first best picture winner really to win is. more than four Oscars. The thing is, is that it's. I think it is very much going to be second place in so many categories to Dune. Yeah, that's that's but, what we were saying in the technical categories. It's going to be Power of the Dog and Dune going head to head. Yeah, I think most of them are going to be won by Dune. Yeah, um, but I think only because that that is going to be the second place in everything, and then the kind of the so-called more important categories like. Uh, director light screenplay they'll go to Power of the Dog yeah. and they'll take it over the top of Belfast which I think is probably going to have a pretty bad night when it comes to actual Oscars yeah I think um, it, it, I think I can see it coming out of very little yeah I, I can see Belfast coming away with nothing I think uh, the most Belfast can hope for is original screenplay if the Oscars yeah, prefer that it's a bit unfair it's going to be it's going to get a lot of vote, votes but it's just going to be pipped to the post in probably most categories yeah. um now, personally, you know, I think he deserves a few of them, especially Best Supporting Actor, because Kieran Hines is my favourite performance out of those. Yeah. Uh, I think Kieran Hines is really good in that film. But ultimately, whether it actually ends up winning any, I'd be surprised. It could have a really good night, though. It could end it could, up, it yeah. could take screenplay and, and Branner 
could win, you know, and and Van Morrison could um, start shouting about being anti-vaxxer on the stage, <laughs> and and Belfast could could win it all. You just don't know. Yeah, um, which is but I think that at this point, I'd feel pretty safe predicting Power of the Dog. It's going to get um, act supporting Power actor, screen, adapted screenplay, probably going to get director as well. Um, it could get actor, and if it gets those, it's going to get picture. I, don't, I mean. Not we didn't even talk about, but there's so many comparisons that can be easily made to last year's Oscars. Yeah. Um, I think the very similar best picture race in the fact that most people by this point had decided they thought it was going to be Nomadland. And yeah, I think there were questions here and there. Is that going to maybe... Cause I remember I went on a limb and said Judas was going to win. What an idiot I am. Uh, the only <laughs> other contender was obviously the father. Um. But I think much like that, it's going to be like, it'll be a bit of a surprise that, you know, the father would have had to have done really well for us to think it was going to win picture. Uh, I think it's quite similar. And it's also quite an easily comparative film, I, I think. Um, yeah. You're talking about a slow burn Western. Okay. It's not a traditional Western nomad land, but do you know what I mean? It's got all kind of an outback. Yeah, definitely. Uh, a, yeah, a feel to it. Is it very much a slow burn? Um, excellent directed character driven very much not for everyone it's not going to do like audience great but hmm. um i think Critically, there's a, and the but... way that it's shot as well the, the i think the way that shot the way it's edited both of which you can compare very similarly very yeah. you know say slow very slow moving um so i think that it would it would not be a surprise you know that, that's another comparison you can make they obviously like nomadland a lot and it isn't a film that's a million miles away 99.9% of those voters are the same people that voted last year. So, you yeah. know, I, I, and I think that, as well. That, I think that's a good. Although I, I will say about yeah. Nomadland, I think Nomadland by this point had Best Picture in the bag. I do just think that last year, because it was delayed as well, the Oscars were delayed, obviously, it got so obvious that Nomadland was going to win Best Picture, it won literally everything. Um, it was one of the most overwhelming director picture sweeps ever. Um, that people just got bored and started saying, maybe Trial of Chicago 7 will win, maybe Judas will win, maybe the father of win, will win. This year, I do genuinely think it's like uh, multiple people could win. Last year, I went into the Oscars thinking, Nomadland will win. I'm just kind of nervous if it doesn't. Whereas this year, I'm like, I think the power of the dog is going to win, but maybe it won't. And it's very realistic. Maybe Belfast will take it because the Oscars are... Oh, there's another thing that I want to talk about when we finish this conversation. Um, the Oscars are, you know, appealing to more people. Belfast is a big crowd pleaser compared to Power of the Dog. Power of the Dog, fun fact, is if it does win Best Picture, it will have the lowest audience score of any Best Picture winner since the 50s. Really? Yeah. Power of the Dog? Power of the Dog is not popular with audiences. Lower than Nomadland. Lower audience score than Nomadland. That is shocking to me. It is very shocking, but now I I prefer Power of the Dogs to Nomadland, of course. Yeah, obviously I don't, but I, uh, I understand why most people do. I understand why most people would. Yes, no, I don't. I, I admit it. I don't love either. Right? Yeah. I don't love either. I appreciate what they tried to do. I think it, it's just not necessarily my. I think the fact I don't like one doesn't mean I don't like the other. But Nomadland, you know, we keep saying that it doesn't. But no, nothing happens. Yeah, it is <laughs> not a no, plot-driven film. Nothing happens in Nomadland, right? Yeah. Something happens in Power of the Dog. Now, it takes yeah. a fucking long time, but, but something does happen. Very, very I, I think 
I'm just I, if I show my friends Nomadland, they would go. They'd come out of, like a lot of my friends aren't into films. A lot of my friends whose favorite films are The Cat in the Hat. Um, <laughs> I've got two friends whose favorite films are The Cat in the Hat. Um, <laughs> if they came out of 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 Nomadland, they would say, "Fucking hell, Sam! Why did you make me watch that art house shit? What actually happened?" There? <laughs> if they came out of the high dog, they would have gone, "That was shit." What what was that about? But they wouldn't go. Nothing happened. Yeah. They would say, "Fucking hell, that was well, that was boring." But it still, I feel like, it has more general mainstream appeal. Yeah, I agree. I completely agree. I'm shocked surprised. that it's I'm so surprised. low uh, with audiences. It has so the lowest the one... IMDb score of any Best Picture winner since the fifties. So I'm assuming the thing you want to talk about before we go is the Oscars. Do you, do you want to talk about the, the new Oscars category? Is that what you're going to yes, say? I do. Well, it's not a new proper yes. category. Um, but it's kind well, yes, of a participation award. Um, the Oscars have decided to give yeah. Twitter users the chance to award a film in two categories. Uh, they are fan favorite and cheer moment. So those are uh, the best film of the year voted for by fans, fans favorites, and the moment of 2021 cinema that caused you to get up and cheer the most. Now, a lot of people, I think correctly, are saying that this is in direct response to the faux outrage of No Way Home only getting best VFX. Um, it's also in a bid to kind of increase audience interest in the Oscars. It's kind yeah. of obvious what's going to win. We know that No Way Home is going to win, and we know that Toby and Andrew turning up is going to win best cheer moment. Toby and Andrew turning up is definitely going to win. Yeah. Definitely. And No, Man, and, and no Way Home. Battle of, Battle of the Stands. I think you've got uh, twenty. You can vote twenty times a day. Yeah, I think that Lady Gaga fans are more likely to vote House Future twenty times a day than the average Marvel fan is about is going to think. So the contenders are now people are saying that Snyder Cut doesn't count because it's a direct cut. Bollocks! If Snyder Cut got the most vote view, votes, they'd put it in there anyway. It doesn't actually matter, right? So the Snyder Cut is definitely a real contender. I, w- I disagree. Cut, I think it's very. I would be very interested to read the actual rules of eligibility because they're very strict with the rules of eligibility. The Oscars. Because it's just a Twitter competition, I'm I, I do not think they'd turn down Snyder fans if they did. So the the battle is the Snyder Cup, House Gucci, um, Spencer to a smaller degree, and Spider Man No Home of all f- things that have very passionate fan bases that are prepared to vote the twenty times a day. Yeah, you can vote. Um, I think that you you know I don't really care, but I, I actually would say I wouldn't be surprised if Jack Sands Justice League won it. Um, but I think it will be so. I know home, and I think that if there's any category in this entire Oscars that's a lock, it's fucking best screen moment, or whatever bollocks it's called. Yeah, best cheer. Um, it's going to obviously go to um, Toby and Andrew showing up in in, in home. Yeah, which is a spoiler. It is a spoiler, but, but who cares? Um, how are they going to say that? Yeah. Um, okay, and we've got nothing more to say. Um, I just want to finish you off with a question. Now, obviously, this might be slightly... Oh, voice break again. Good again. I did just come from a gig. Um, this might be a slightly hard... This might be a slightly uh, biased question from someone whose favourite film is one of these. But if you were stuck on a desert island with... The, you know, what do you basically... What do you think is the stronger set of Best Picture nominations as a general... Not just talk about the best of them, because that would obviously go to last year's, but as a kind of general library... 
Ooh. Would you say Nomad Land, The Father, Jews of Black Messiah, Mank, Minari, Promising Young Woman, Sound of Metal, and The Charge Code 7 is better or worse than Belfast, Coda, Don't Look Up, Drive My Car, June, King Richard, Licorice Pizza, Nightmare Alley, The Power of the Dog, and West Side Story? That is this year's insanely difficult. Mm, I didn't even tell you about this one. You didn't. That is unbelievably difficult. I think off the top of my head, if I... I'm going to answer this in two different ways. If I was on a desert island and I could only watch the film that I pick from the year, then I'd pick this year. Because I think I'd have more fun with like being able to watch Licorice Pizza, being able to watch uh, King Richard, um, even Don't Look Up, which is a bit of fun. Uh, West Side Story as well. I love Power of the Dog, Belfast. But if you said which one is a stronger lineup, I'd say last year's. I think last year's films are better. I just think that they're less. Like I nine times out of ten, apart from Nomadland, I'd want to watch Licorice Pizza or King Richard even or Belfast or West Side Story or Drive My Car over Promising Young Woman or Mank or The Father. But I think Promising Young Woman and Mank and The Father are better than this year's nominees. So I don't know which one I'd pick, but they're both great lineups. But I think last year's is a little bit better. It's really, really hard. Yeah. Um, it, it really is hard. Especially because you've got more this year. You've only had one. eight last year. We've got 10 this year. Yeah. Yeah. I know because that's hard. Uh, and I, I was thinking. Oh, but I've got so many more that are really good. And I think, actually, but this year, Licorice Pizza, June, Drive My Car, oh, yeah, June. Belfast. I love all of those. Um, but I think the far... I mean, take away the the, the the one, the big one that won, was going to win, that I'm not a massive fan of, Nomadland, Charge Go 7. Uh, Charge Go 7. Uh, Nomadland and um, uh, Power of the Dog, because they kind of equally, they kind of cancel each other out yeah. in my head. Just, I think the the quality on display of the father, choose about Messiah, yeah, uh, promising a woman, sound of metal, those those four films, I mean, just absolutely exceptional. Uh, mm-hmm. And I thought found them all kind of more moving. Um, as much as I love Drive My Car, as much as I love June, as much as I love Lucas Pizza, I think I, there are definite different categories that I would take over over last year's. For example, best actress, obviously, I think this actress, you know, I'd actually say if you even had if you had to combine the categories and it sounds harsh, I might not, I might only include Carrie Mulligan from last year. Cause I think this year's acting Ooh. is so strong. Um, but I think ultimately, I think, but Jesus Femme was the best film of last year that was nominated. Um, but I think that the, the father and, and promising woman and Sound of Metal are exceptional, exceptional films as well. So I think I would be last year as well. Yeah. Okay. So, that is us for now. Of course, there are a lot of other things we can talk about. Best production design, which had a great nomination for Nightmare Alley and Roger Macbeth. We can talk about sound. We can talk about the screenplays enough. We can talk about the animated films or the uh, documentaries and such. But we just didn't have enough time. So we'll see you when we talk about those uh, in later in later episodes, especially when we talk about Oscar's predictions, where we talk about everything. But we'll probably do uh, an episode next time, or you imagine so, on Uncharted and Death in the Nile. So you can catch us then. Until then, uh, you can follow us on Twitter at uh, Sam H Media and Lewis JWR on Twitter, respectively, uh, and the podcast at Now Showing Pod. And you can follow us on Letterbox at Sam Houston and LJWR. And we are proud to be members of the Music City Driver Network. You can find them on at MCDI Pod or on their website, Music City Driving, where they have a whole host of articles and podcasts about music, movies, and sport. 
of course, sport important right now because the Rams are Super Bowl champions, baby. We won the thing. Uh, go Rams. Other than that, if uh, any supporters, Rams or otherwise, uh, should give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. That helps us get the ratings. And until next time, goodbye. Goodbye.